Filling in for Dave Ellswick uh, this Monday, uh, Christmas week, and the first day of Hanukkah. I lit my Hanukkah candles last night, and I posted it on. Uh, what am I on? Help me, Chris or Zach. You know the one. What's the th- on the Twitter? You know I'm real good with the social media. So I was on. The, I was on the Twitter. It's the, the, the Twittergram. I was the, on the Twittergram and the Facegram. Yeah, the Facegram, the Twittergram. I'm <laughs> at Rob Steinbuck. On the Twittergram. So, folks, if you would like to follow me, you can be the fourth and fifth person, respectively, following me on the Twittergram, uh, at Rob Steinbuck. I am here, you heard his voice already in the background, with uh, Chris Corbett. Uh, now, Chris is like a thermometer. He's got degrees just going <laughs> up and down. And uh, Chris is a lawyer. Chris is an engineer. Chris is a prof- what's a what's a P professional engineer professional engineer but that's, yeah. that just doesn't mean you have a job. I mean that's a test and a certification and it ain't easy. Right? Oh no, it's a it's a four year degree right and an eight hour exam and right. fundamentals of engineering right and then you have to work underneath a PE for oh, the next is that right? four years. Oh, it's an apprenticeship yeah. as well. Yeah, oh they, my goodness, they, they pay you peanuts while, right. you, while you make money right. for them. That, well, of course, yeah, of course. that's how it works. So we got, and then you get to take another exam, another one. What's yeah. up? You get to take oh, a my second gosh. exam. Yeah. So we've got the we've got the law degree. By the way, from from the school at which I teach, you graduated yes. before I started, but yes. from the uh, Bowen School of Law. That's right. Over here at the UA Little Rock, uh, you've got your engine. You got a couple of engineering degrees from Fayetteville. I did right, uh, a, a, ma- a master's and a bachelor's. Bachelor's and master's right. in civil engineering. Right. Uh, you uh, you're you're a, what's it a master plumber? That's right. right? The, the master plumber came from um, you know um, laying pipe and mm-hmm. uh, sewer systems and from the 90s into the 2000s houses right right yeah. right you um your general counsel to uh to a, a family business right That's right abc block company so my dad was a bricklayer mm-hmm. when he went to uh went to engineering school and uh that's reggie corbett he used to run the little rock Rakeswater utility oh nice yeah and then um he uh worked there for 29 years i think and retired and then but he always you see he'd be on the job site in seventh grade here in Little Rock. The Corbett's the Corbett's built a lot of the masonry buildings here in Little Rock. Is that right? Yeah, I got fifty first cousins that are masons. Wow, fifty people think that think I'm joking. I got a hundred second cousins, but my dad had eight eight brothers and sisters, right. and um, they all lay brick. And uh, my granddad on my father's side. There's he, a joke in there somewhere, yeah, but oh, I'm no. not sure we can say that on television. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah late, but, that but, wasn't the only thing. That's right. Can and I then, say uh, that, Zach? Did you did you did you silence me out or anything? Yeah, oh good. my goodness! All right. And then uh, his dad, um, literally, uh, he mined Mother Pearl out of Mississippi. No kidding. No kidding. He was a mechanic. No kidding. And um, fixed um, uh, boats along the river. And uh, they used to the, before they got cheap, they made plastic right. buttons. All the buttons were made out of mother pearl. What? And, came and, out of the muscles. Right, right. The inside of the shell. That's right. Right. And how did you uh, start out in the ABC Block business? You, you didn't start out as being their lawyer. No, no, I didn't. Right. So, so uh, the Corbett's. My dad had a, a couple of brothers, um, Orville and uh, Mark Corbett, 
and David. I Corbett like the name Orville. Is, I think we should bring that name back a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, man. You and know? um, uh, so they were uh, all graduated from Central High School is in, that the, right? in the '60s. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. And then um, Dad would be on the job site, and he'd look down there, and he'd see a guy in a nice crisp shirt and a truck with air conditioning. He'd pull out some plans and lay them on the hood of the truck and point here and point there when right. dad's mixing mud you're sweating right. he's right. got you know he we're, we're all got some some red hair and we've got some scottish iris in us so the sun some yeah 99.99 percent <laughs> yeah, right. and what's the remaining point zero zero scottish irish <laughs> that's right <laughs> we don't we don't get tan we got sunburn right so we'll be caked up with uh sun sunblock and right. dirt and sweat and oil and and um he, he said whatever that guy's doing while well, he's mixing mud and laying brick I'm going to do what that guy's doing. Mud's the, the mortar, right? Yeah, the yeah, mortar. Right. So right. on the job site, and he's, he gets back in his air-conditioned truck, and he right. leaves. Right. So Dad, from the some seventh, sixth, seventh grade on, knew that he was going to be a civil engineer. Isn't that interesting? And then, uh, but you and you started uh, laying brick, or what did you start doing? So when I messed up in college, no, you don't. You don't get to start laying brick. That's you, that, that's the, you got to work your way up to that. You got you get to mix mud. You get to mix the mortar. That's right. Three in a three-yard mixture. I thought a machine does that. Yeah. You, oh, you, well, the machine does do it. Right. It's 47 scoops of sand. <laughs> okay. Three bags of cement. Uh-huh. Cement is an ingredient in concrete. Uh-huh. Like flour is an ingredient in cake. Uh-huh. What happens if you put 48 scoops? Uh, well, then, then you then you messed up the mix. You messed it up. You may have to add a little more water to it. I see. It's a it's an art there. The, right. the, the masons, the, the, they, they Will like, they turn around and say, uh-uh? That's right. Yeah, you did, yeah they, they like the way it looks. Right. It feels it's like a paste. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a mud mm-hmm. paste. And mm-hmm. and um, on hot days, you have to add more water to it because mm. the, you know, the your, your mortar board was made out of plywood back in those days. Right. suck up water. Interesting. So you, you have to lay it quick. But when that, when that, Chris, so you started mixing mud, mixing mortar. This is from, an, oh, right. uh, yeah, oh I got, sorry. Went down a squirrel trail there. No, That's no, a, it's good. I messed up in college one semester right. like everybody does. Right. Dad says, hey. Right. Maybe you need to come back and figure out why you're in college. Right. Okay. All right. It's a sure. summer. I didn't right. lose a semester. Right. But he said, come back and, and lay brick and mm-hmm. block for the family. I'm thinking, right. oh, I get to lay right. brick. And by the oh, way, no. you don't get to lay brick. Oh, no. Right. You're mixing mud, 47 right. scoops of shovel, three right. bags of cement, <laughs> right. and the green hose until right. it looks right. Right. <laughs> and then you're transporting it via a wheelbarrow. Right. And a five-gallon bucket up the scaffold. Oh, nice. And this and we nowadays, we got nice scaffolding. Then right. those days, you had... Two by twelves that right. went up the side of the scaffolding. Right. Yeah, and they can lay that mud. They those those boys that I worked for these Corbett's right could lay brick faster than I could mix. Then you could even mix them up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so you work for a living. You got calluses absolutely. on your hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It was uh, I learned my lesson. I said, you know what, Dad? Uh, now tell me about that education. How educational? People say, well, that's not, how educational is it to mix mud for one summer? Oh, it was. Very educated. Yeah, because what did and, what what'd you learn from that? And you know, you know, it, it, it was it's a hard living, right? Um, you have right to work in the weather. That's right. You're working outside. Um, God bless those know, people, by the way. Oh man, huge and right. And um, you know, it's uh, fortunately I get to make a living behind a desk now. Right, right. But but I still got the skills. But, Dad can still lay brick. But not only that, you you worked your way up. I did. You you, you got your hands dirty. Right. I think that's an important factor. Uh, when I was in college and law school, in fact, over the summers, yeah. uh, I uh, worked at a job that included hauling trash yeah. and um, cleaning toilets. Literally. Yeah. I'm, it's not, I'm not, you know, that's, people say, well, I clean toilets. No, I clean toilets. Rob, that, that's, that's humbling. I mean, I you, clean and toilets. You got, yeah. And you got two Ivy League degrees. 
I've got three Ivy League okay. degrees, but that's besides the point. I didn't know that. <laughs> he's, he's shortchanging me, Zach. Short-changing. He's shortchanging me an Ivy League degree. Are those Pennsylvania and Columbia. Money. It's double pen. Oh, double pen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. When I, incidentally, I'll, I'll go off on a little rabbit hole. When I testified before the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, the chairman <clears throat> was Specter from Pennsylvania. And after I testified, he came down, he shook everybody's hand, and he said, oh, you're a double pen man. And I had no idea what he was talking about. Because you can have three Ivy League degrees and still be an idiot. And that's what I was. But then my, I like I, it. I, and, you know, I just said polite, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, you know. And he walked to the next guy. And then I said to my buddy who was helping me, I said, you know, what do you mean by that? He goes, you're an idiot. And I said, yeah, that's pretty much right. That's pretty much right. So you, you, you got some... Um, Sweat in in that background. I got some Absolutely. sweat in the background. Absolutely. I bring it up in part because I think it matters. Like, I don't know how to strike this right balance for youngsters. Meaning, look, if well, I grew up in a household that was lower middle class. Right. I'm not, I'm, I'm single still. I say still because maybe one day I'll get married. But nonetheless, whether I do or not, I'm single Uh, and I've had a good career, and so I'm not lower middle class economically. I'm middle or or arguably upper, and and I'm not trying to, I just don't know where the line is drawn, but I'm doing just fine, thank you very much, I appreciate it, right, Right. is my point. But you weren't born that way. I mean, That's my point, and and there's something about, I didn't begrudge that work at all when I did it, I did it. Now, listen, sometimes when the garbage bag broke, I wasn't too happy. (laughs) Because you had to pick up that stuff and put it into right. a clean garbage bag right. and then haul it over, you know? But it gives you appreciation. But it gives you, you an appreciation. And so I don't know what to say to folks who, if I would have children, either I'd want them to have that job or yeah. how else am I inculcating that work ethic? And I don't know the answer to that oh, question. That's a good question. I'm, yeah. you know, I've got an oldest daughter's uh, first semester at University of Arkansas. Right. And she asked me, she wanted to go get a job over the, the Christmas break or during the summer and I so well, I wouldn't push for Christmas break, May over the summer. Yeah, right. you need to do something. That's right. And and those jobs will teach you what you don't want to do. Right. You know, I mean, it's going to be a minimum wage job. Right, right. Uh, and you need to go work those jobs and figure out what you like. Well, it's it's not only that, that, um, um, that we figure out what, um, what you like. You have to get an appreciation for what it's like to work hard. Yeah what it's like to follow directions from uh, uh, from a boss person, nice, uh, right. even if the boss person's wrong. That's right. Uh, now, as you work your way up in jobs like yours, jobs like mine, right. it's a, that's different, right? But that's the point. You work your way up into that position. But in the beginning, you've got, and one answer is, you know, you do what they tell you. Another answer is, well, you quit that job because it's not ethical, it's not moral, it's some problem like that. Right. So I want to talk more about this, Chris. Uh, let's take a quick break. And then we'll come back and we'll continue this. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave. My co-host today is Chris Corbett, attorney, master plumber, engineer. You left off land surveyor. Land surveyor. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm only land surveyor in training. Oh, in training. But there's one additional credential that I need to to mention. And that is that you, uh, and this is a credential. This is like a degree uh, that you have the degree of of being married, being married (laughs) to Susie, formerly Davis, now Corbett. That's right. That's right. And here we have her on the line. (laughs) 
Now, Susan. Yes, you do. Susie. Uh, I've been talking, as you may have heard, with Chris about all the things that he's done working his way up. I think we need to knock him down a little bit. I think his head's getting a little big. Well, maybe. But, you know, I didn't. You guys didn't say one thing that I really felt that everybody needs to know, especially young kids. Yeah. uh, Or or my kids need to know is that what Chris did um, and what we did as a family is very hard. And we watched a lot of people around us go on vacations and um, do things that we couldn't do because, you know, he was trying to get to where he wanted to be, where he felt, truly where he felt God was leading him, where he felt that our family should be. I mean, it was a sacrifice. I've had my next door neighbor tell me I have the patience of Job. Literally, she said that because my husband didn't come home at 430 and bathe the kids. Or help with dinner, or you, you know, he he worked, and he then he working. went to law school, or he worked, right. and then he went to. I mean, so and, and then on top of that, we made the choice for me to stay at home. Which you know, when I hear people say, "Well, you know, if I do that, I will have to turn off the television," well, or, or, or turn off, you know, cut off the cable, or right. cut off the net, right. you know, right. have that. some financial well, sacrifice because that. you come to the conclusion that that's what's the right thing to do for your family. Exactly. So, I mean, there's times in everyone's life, in our lives, where, you know, he had to pay for tuition. So, we didn't have cable. We, I mean, you make choices right. and sacrifices, I and remember, you, I remember you do what you have to do. You know, I mean, you, you hit the money jar, the change jar, and you roll those quarters so that you can go buy milk. I mean, you do what you have to do to get to where you want to be. And there's not a lot of people, I think, today, well, I mean, our older generations, they remember that. You know, they right. struggle. That's right. My but parents had to do but that. A lot of, yeah, but a lot of our, our, our younger kids especially have never struggled. That's and it. It's, everything's Insta. That's exactly you know, right. I don't want that. Let me get on Amazon. I'll have it in two days. That's right. I mean, it's very in, it's very Insta. So I, I feel like people are missing the point that it's hard. That's right. It's really hard. And as much as I would like to knock him down a smidge, <laughs> I'm really impressed because if it were easy, he, he everybody would no do choice. it. And he continued to do it. And sometimes, you know, he, he did it with grace and sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he was, you know, uh, downtrodden and like, oh, why are we doing this? And we just encouraged each other. But... My, my the point with all of that is that um well chris the thing about chris is well, I'm so sorry. No, I went no. away for a second. Yeah, Are you no guys worries. there? Uh, yeah. Um, but my point with yeah. all of that is is that I think that there's something that's in you that makes you driven. That's right. That's because right. there's a lot of people that I know that if they and and this happened often. There's a lot of people that I know that are that will call and um uh, or, or sit around and say, oh, well, I could do that, or I would do that, or, yeah, I should have done that, or I could have been this, or I could have been that. But not many people just go out and do it. Yeah, Thanks and Chris didn't have it, and neither person. did you. You guys didn't have it handed to you, right? That's the thing. <laughs> you, like right. me, grew up in, in, in a middle class. I was in, I don't know if you were lower or not, but I was in a lower middle class. But you guys, you didn't have <laughs> life handed to you. You guys got married, no. started a family. You stayed home to raise the kids while Chris went out to work, and that's not an easy thing to do. That's no silver spoon in the mouth. That's no trust fund, Definitely baby. Not. That's working for a living. 
Matter of fact, when, yes. we, when I asked her to marry, I was a trash man. Is that right? I had yeah. a CDL driver. So we both, we, yeah. in all seriousness, we both, we both yeah. threw trash. That's right. And, and I think you know there's something humbling so about grateful. I don't know if you remember that, but Roe Matthews um, was a friend of ours, and he gave Chris a job, and we were so grateful right. that he had this opportunity to be a trash, you know, to be yeah. a trash truck driver. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. We were but that's a thing. I was with a chemistry degree and a microbiology degree. That's right. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so that's yeah. right. But, but, it, 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 but allowed him to continue to go to school to be an engineer, which right. most jobs did not. That's right. So, I mean, we were, it was... It's just funny how you turn around and you look, and God's laid everything out, and you see how all these. But but here's the thing, Susan. Here's the key to that. You, Chris, and I say thank thank you to that friend, and thank God for giving me this opportunity to haul trash. And then there are people who would say, "Well, I'm I wouldn't haul trash. I'm too good to haul trash. You're too good." (laughs) That's true. You know because their trash and related items apparently don't stink. Well, guess what? Everybody's yeah. trash stinks. Yeah. It does. It does. And then you know what? And thank goodness for all of those trash men out there. That's right. What would our world be like if we didn't have trash God men? God bless them. I'm serious. So, I mean, yeah, that's completely ridiculous for anybody to think that's below them. Well, but that's <laughs> And it. you know, what's funny about that is God has a way of laughing at people like that and go, oh, yeah, watch this. That's right. <laughs> and your that's next right. job, your number one duty is taking out the trash. That's right. So, um, you know, that, that does... That does happen sometimes, but I just wanted you, I, I wanted you to elaborate. I know I'm very proud of him and he's done such a, an amazing job and he's been given a very amazing mind, but the drive, the drive is hard to find. Mm-hmm. That is the part that's really hard to find and he's got it. I don't necessarily have it. I have to tell you, well, I couldn't have done what he did. I, I tell you, he, he, uh, I, I don't know if it's God's providence or sheer dumb luck, but he's stumbled into something that often differentiates the ability of someone to be truly successful from someone who is simply unable to make that last hurdle, and that is a supportive wife. That's right. Or husband, whichever yeah. way. A supportive spouse. Yeah. You know, I don't care what the, well. the gender, sex, etc. But someone who's supportive. And uh, he's yeah. uh, uh, more than lucked out in that regard. And that's why I keep uh, pressing Chris. I keep telling him, Chris, you got to run for office. And I think he's seriously considering it. Yep. I yeah. sure am. I sure am. You know, and I think he would be fantastic at that. So I, do I. I, I really yeah. do. And the reason I, I believe that, and I would say this to Chris, I'm saying it to it, Chris, is because throughout our entire life, things and people have come into our lives that have terrible injustices mm-hmm. that nobody else would touch with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and Chris goes in and fights the man That's until right. he gets a, at least some sort of justice. North Little person. Rock wrote now, him a check for $10,000. Ten grand. They, they, uh, why? Because North Little Rock decided that that the bureaucracy was going to tell him that they're right. And guess what? He went to court, and all of a sudden they realized they ain't right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Chris but, represents you know, people I, like that all the time. You, bet, you betcha. He does. And, you know, I've told him and I've told other people when they're like, well, describe your husband to me. I'm like, well, whether you like him or not, when you need him, you call him. That's it. And he that and that's really true. That's and right. and they, they some people just look at me puzzled, like, well, isn't it most important that you like him? Well, I don't know about that. But if you ever need somebody <laughs> to fight for you and relentlessly for years, no matter and stick behind or, or step in front of the bullet for you and continue to press on. 
That's well, that's, well, Susie, we're going to have to let you he go in a second. Going. We're going to have to let you go in a second because we're coming on a hard break. But uh, I want to sure. say to you that uh, I'm a law professor. I've practiced law in various places, big cities in this country. And who do I hire and have hired? Chris Corbett. That's right. Right? So that well, it means what an something. Honor. It means something. It doesn't make me ideal, but it, I can sense that drive. That's what you need an attorney, that drive. So Chris has yeah. that drive. And that's what we need in our government. That's we right. We need somebody that's right. that doesn't take the laissez-faire of, well, you can't get that's anything right. done as a representative. Susie, or, Susie I'm going to cut got, you off. I mean, Thanks so much. Yep. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave. With me in the studio is Chris Corbett. And on the line, we have Michael Cutler. Michael, how are you? I am terrific, Robert. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We've got it all covered here. (laughs) Indeed. And to you too, my friend. Did you light your first candle last night? We sure did, and my and three of my four kids were over for dinner, and uh, it was great. You know, it's the time of year to be with family and, and really appreciate the positive things. You know, we're so caught up in all the negative craziness. That's right. We still have so much to be thankful for, and we should never lose sight of it. That's absolutely right. And have you had, you know, the the celebration of Hanukkah, Michael well knows, is when the oil survived, when... Was it the Romans uh, um, contaminated uh, the, the storage, and so there was a small supply only, and God extended the, the lifespan of that oil. And so, as a consequence, Jews always tie religion to food. You always have to have good food involved in it. I like that. Right? Yeah, the line that said they tried to kill us, we won, let's eat. Exactly. From the Jewish holidays. Exactly. <laughs> and so, because of the connection to oil, we eat fried foods. What better excuse? So did you have any fried potato pancakes yet, Michael? I haven't had mine yet. Absolutely. Good for you. And yes, we did. And isn't it terrible how the things that taste the best are probably the worst for you? How did that work out? Exactly. (laughs) But but now we've got an excuse. You see, we can eat uh, fried potato pancakes over Hanukkah and we say correctly, we're doing God's will. God's will. And after dinner, you use a dipstick to check your your cholesterol. That's right. That's right. Now, Michael, remind my uh, Dave's audience. You see, I'm already uh, usurping that role. Remind Dave's Uh audience. I know. um, Remind Dave's audience about your background, because we are going to jump right into talking about issues of immigration, because on that topic, amongst others, you are an expert. Tell the audience again, just briefly why you are sure. that expert. Well, I, I really hate to use the term expert. That's why yes, I use I do it. have expertise, and I, <laughs> and I have testified as an expert witness at trials and congressional hearings. Uh, I was with the INS for, for 30 years, the INS, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, uh, the agency that was sliced, diced, and reconfigured when they created DHS, what I came to call the Department of Homeland Surrender. Mm-hmm. But, um, I began my career in the 1971 back at, at Kennedy Airport as an immigration inspector, did that job for four years. For one of the four years, I was assigned as an adjudications officer doing those marriage interviews like you've seen in the movies, uh, looking for fraud, people that were conning the system. And by the way, the 9-11 Commission found that immigration fraud was the key method of entry and embedding for the terrorists. There you go. And then in 1975, I became a special agent. I rotated through all the squads in the investigations branch. In fact, my first fraud investigation caused me to trip over a terror plot in Israel. Thank God we were working with the Israelis and the FBI 
uh, the attack was prevented and many lives were saved. Uh, I was the first INS agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the Drug Enforcement Administration. And then uh, for the last 10 years of my career, uh, I was promoted to the position of senior special agent and assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. So I worked with local states, uh, other police agencies from the United States, and foreign police organizations, including from Israel, Canada, Great Britain, Japan, and others. Uh, I've been before 17 congressional hearings in the House and Senate. And I worked with Al D'Amato to create the aggravated felon reentry law that makes unlawful reentry by criminal aliens a 20-year felony, which, by the way, last year was the most frequently prosecuted felony to the entire Justice Department. Over wow. 25,000 cases prosecuted. Wow. And I also provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission. Good for you. for quick. I, I hope I didn't go too long. Well, I think we got to take... No, I'm, I was going to say we got to take a break, but I'm just joking. Uh, okay. So, Michael... I, with all of this noise, this static uh, that has been out there in the media, and of course I'm referring to the uh, phony impeachment. Now, let me be clear. When I say phony, it's not that they didn't do what they did in the House. Phony in that it's completely a political act. There's nothing substantive about it. Sorry. Um, and then, of course, we have the Democratic candidates uh, biting at each other's ankles. With all that I actually think some discussion about illegal immigration has has tapered off. And I don't know. Yes, if, it has. Right? It has. And so what do we need to know today and what do we need to continue to be doing and looking at? Because I did see an article. As you know, Michael, I'm originally from New York and, and more specifically out on Long Island, which are the suburbs, one of the suburbs of New York City. And they have a real terrible problem with that awful gang MS-13 and the local prosecutor in Suffolk County, which is where I grew up, uh, recently made a big bust, apparently. So, you know, what do we need to be knowing? What do we need to know right now about immigration? And what can you tell us about gangs like uh, MS-13 and how illegal immigration is really harming us? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, we need to get nomenclature straightened out. And and what we're talking about isn't political correctness. That's baloney. This is Orwellian newspeak that began with Jimmy Carter, this nonsense that we're going to call all aliens immigrants. Right. So if you dare suggest that we keep bad guys out of the country or you deport bad guys, you're branded anti-immigrant. And the media seems very happy to comply. It wasn't always that way, by the way. I know. Michael, let me let me ask you, by the way, as you I'll let you continue. But. As you know, my parents were immigrants, and I think your parents were immigrants, weren't they? My mother was an immigrant. My go. dad's family uh, came here from Russia. My first wife, may she rest in peace, her family came here. They were in the Holocaust. My mother-in-law was in a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. God bless so her. I have nothing against immigrants. Of course. But, but here's the point. By distorting the difference between immigrants and illegal aliens, the American people have been conned. We're fighting with each other as Americans. Because this tricky language, this game that they played with the words, has people confused. And so they think, my God, they're going to deport immigrants. In fact, my wife was working in a synagogue uh, right after Trump was elected. And this woman, very nice lady, originally from Great Britain, came to work, all worked up, and said to my wife, you know, I'm scared to death they're going to deport me. I'm Mm -hmm. married. My husband is an American. I have children here. What are we going to do? My wife said, what are you talking about? She said, well, the headline said Trump to deport the immigrants. Oh, my goodness. 
My and my goodness. wife said, listen, my husband's a retired immigration agent. They're not talking about immigrants. They're talking about illegal aliens. Exactly. Said, you know, my husband told me that, but I couldn't sleep last night when I saw that headline before I went to bed. She said, why in the world are they doing this? And they're doing it because immigration has become a delivery system. Mm-hmm. It delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. And I can assure you there is absolutely no compassion and exploitation. Right. An unlimited supply of foreign students. There's over 7,000 schools authorized to issue the paperwork for a student visa. We have people coming to the United States from halfway across the world to learn how to give haircuts and trim dogs' hair. Do you really think that these are legitimate operations? We don't have enough agents to go out there and determine if these schools even exist. Right. And we're also training our enemies. We've trained hundreds of thousands of Chinese engineers and computer programmers, and they return the favor by hacking our computers, building up their military, and rattling their sabers at us that were designed by the engineers that we trained. Wow. And who stole much of the technology. You know, uh, espionage with the Chinese is so commonplace, the intelligence service uh, has given it a very uh, sarcastic nickname, if you will. They call it Chinese takeout. Ha! Okay? Ha! We also, we also bring in an unlimited supply of foreign tourists. That's why the visa waiver program, which should have ended the day after 9-11, has been expanded. There were 26 visa waiver countries on 9-11. Under Bush and Obama, it went up to 38. President Trump just added Poland to the list. We now have 39 visa waiver countries. We've taken away a layer of security because the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, I call them the Chamber of, Hom- of uh, Horrors, working in coordination with the Hotel Travel, Hospitality, and Manufacturing Association, created the Discover America Partnership. And if you go to the website, folks, go to the Discover America Partnership, they boast how their goal is to stop visa requirements so that everybody and anybody who wants to come to America can come to America and spend money. You know, this chamber, Michael, the Chamber of Commerce uh, always claims to be sort of pro-working man, pro-American, and they have many proposals and ideas that are exactly the opposite. I remember there was a Chamber of Commerce issue here in Arkansas where they killed a bill. They killed a bill, Michael, that would have simply allowed, at the time, the laws since changed, would have allowed someone who had a permit to carry his gun to leave his gun in his car at his workplace, at his private workplace. And the chamber killed that bill because they are all about big business. They are not yeah. about the mom and pop. It sounds like they're anti-gun. So, you're, you're, you're exactly right. By the way, think of what they did to Ralph Nader, you know? Yeah. And I, I, had the, the, I had the pleasure of having lunch with Ralph Nader last year. We both worked with the Speakers Bureau in Washington that does seminars for the military and the intelligence services. So we wound up having lunch. I spoke, and I think he spoke before I did, and then I, I got to speak. Mm-hmm. So as he's eating, I said to him, what's your opinion of the Chamber of Commerce? He almost choked on his food. He looked at me and said, here I was enjoying my meal, and you have to talk about those bums. And everybody at the table started laughing. They put him through hell because he said, let's make cars safer. They sent hookers to him. They tried to set him up. They did all kinds of crazy things to go after him. So if the, if the people who consider themselves liberals, and, you know, I'm a registered Democrat. Mm-hmm. Say, how can you be a Democrat? The old Democrat Party was very much against open borders. They wanted to protect wages and jobs of Americans. 
Today, the Democratic Party has knifed the average working American family in the back. And if you listen to Buttigieg and all these others, we have to legalize all these people and we're going to build the middle class. Does anyone here understand supply and demand? Exactly. If you flood the marketplace with lots of workers, two things happen. You displace workers and because of supply and demand, you drive down wages while at the same time, by the way, you increase the cost of real estate because more people are seeking apartments. Guess what that leads to? Homelessness. Michael, it's really amazing to me that the Democratic Party has sort of abandoned what was their base, which was working people, because I believe they perceive the long-run success of bringing in more immigrants who they believe will vote Democratic, I'm not sure they're right about that, but it's really... It's worse than that. Yeah. It's worse than that. I'll tell you what they're doing. It, it dawned on me. You know, I have a devious mind. You know how I am. I know it. So hey, Michael, Michael, let what? me do me a favor. Let's use that as a teaser. We're going to take a break, okay. and then we'll hear how devious your mind really is. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave. We have in the studio... Chris Corbett putting his cowboy hat on because I told him to. I love that hat. It's a Stetson. Uh, and I've got on the line uh, the famous, is it infamous? The famous uh, infamous. Michael Cutler. Michael, you were going to tell us how devious your mind is. Well, I'm only going to give you a little peek at that. Indeed. <laughs> but let me tell you what the Democrats are doing. I really think this is their overarching strategy. Not just to import new voters, but to destroy the middle class. You know, my dad was a wise man, and he only had an eighth grade education, but there's a world of difference between being smart and being educated. He was smart, as was my mom. And I stand on their shoulders every day, although they've been gone for a half century. It's hard for me to believe that. But my dad said to me, if you want to turn a capitalist into a communist, take away his money. If you want to make a communist into a capitalist, give him a million dollars. There you go. If you destroy the middle class by of necessity, whether they like the rest of the ideology or not, Americans will be forced to vote for the party of the handout. Guess who that is? Yeah, the Democrats. Exactly. The Democrats. That's right. You're right on the money. So, And, and, and if you look at what Alan Greenspan has to say, I was so infuriated. He did a, a hearing for Chuck Schumer April 30th, 2009, just over 10 years ago. I was so angry. The next day I was on a radio show. The host said to me, did you watch the hearing live? I said, yes, on my computer. It was streaming. She says, what did you think of Greenspan? I said, well, as I watched him, I knew I was witnessing the first. And I was a regular on the show. And she said, I should know better than to ask you what kind of a first was it. I said, it was the first time I'd ever seen someone testify who was suffering from rigor mortis. There you go. I mean, I really despise Greenspan. When you consider that he talked about how the American people don't have much liking for people who are here unauthorized. They use all these fancy words, deceptive words. He said, but they would only minimally suppress the wages of Americans who don't have a degree. I love it when they tell you that. How does that math work? You wind up with uh, with homelessness. How does that math work, Michael? I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard lefties say to me, well, there's no effect on labor prices. There... There is somewhere, what is it, between 15 and 25 million illegal aliens currently in the country? And the whole. Maybe even more. But I've heard that from Bob Goodlatte, who was the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, because Bob Goodlatte is an immigration lawyer. Well, and because he's a chamber guy. He's a chamber guy. And he's a chamber, just like Boehner and just like Paul Ryan. 
And by the way, his son, because he told me this, I didn't even know it. Dummy that he is, said, my son would love to bring in hundreds of thousands of brilliant Indian programmers. Right. They said, what are Americans? Chop liver. My right. late wife, may she rest in peace, was a brilliant programmer. Right. I beta Kappa graduate, MBA in computer science, member of the National Math Honor Society, and many of her colleagues had comparable credentials. And then he told me his son wants it. Well, I looked up his son. Look up Bobby Goodlatte. This guy got his start with Zuckerberg at Facebook, the guy that doesn't want to have Americans in the industry. They only want to import cheap, foreign, exploitable labor. And in fact, to that point, here's what Greenspan said about the high-tech workers. Fasten your seatbelts. It's two parts to this. The first one is irritating. The second one, if you need blood pressure pills, take it now. Avoid the rush later. So here's the benefit to giving Bill Gates and basically unlimited supply of H-1B visas for high-tech workers. Here's the two benefits. He says this. This is Greenspan. Not me. Don't shoot me. I didn't do it. Not yet. First, skilled, <laughs> right. First, skilled workers and their families form new households. They will, of necessity, move into vacant housing units. Isn't that a Norman Rockwell painting of vacant we're, housing units? Yeah, we're, but, so but, and they're just they're floating around. You know, there's these, these well-equipped vacant housing units. You can just not... Hello, is this a vacant housing unit? Yeah, yeah, okay. Sure, and he says this, the current glut of which is depressing the prices of American homes, and of course house price declines are a major factor in mortgage foreclosures and the plunge in value of the vast quantity of U.S. mortgage-backed securities that contributed substantially to the disabling of our banking system. Baloney. Nonsense. Prime mortgages did That's that, it. Okay? That's it. You gave out cheap right. loans to people who could never have afforded them, and then they and had these huge balloon were. payments at the end. Here's another element. Yeah. But here's another element, Robert. Yeah. And no one talks about it. Think about this. Do you remember how many notices we got in the mail? Congratulations, you've been pre-approved for a credit card. Of course. Of course. How many illegal aliens using multiple false identities got credit cards? And if you default on a credit card, the bank is holding dust. Right. And guess who makes up the difference? Guess we the, do. We, right? we the do. Bank, the, the bank is not a charity organization. They're making their money somewhere. And if they're not making it from the fraudsters, we're paying for it. We're always paying for That's it. That's right. So, but now here's the second one. This is the one that will give you a real jolt, Okay. The second bonus to flooding America, he doesn't say it, I'm saying it, the second bonus to flooding America with these foreign high-tech workers, okay, would address the increasing concentration of income in this country. Someone's getting too rich, folks. Too much money. Okay. Too much money. Right. Greatly expanding our quotas. This is Greenspan. For the highly skilled would lower the wage premiums of the skilled over the lesser skilled. By the way, those are not the rich people. Those are not the millionaires and the billionaires. No, They're it's not... the middle class. Right, it's the middle class. the middle class. To eliminate wage inequality between the poor and the middle class. That's right. It goes on, it gets worse. So everybody's worse. poor. Right. Skill shortages in America exist because we are shielding our skilled labor force from world competition. Nonsense. Those have been substituted for the wage pricing mechanism. And in the process, you're going to love this term. We have created, are you ready? I'm waiting for it. Privileged elite. There you go. More privilege. You got your white privilege. You you got your your two-parent household privilege. And now you get the privileged elite because you have the audacity, the audacity to be born in America. Can you imagine this? It's a crime. He finally says eliminating such restrictions on immigration would reduce at least some of our income inequality. 
Not by making the elevator go up, exactly. but by making the elevator go down. That's a great analogy. That's right. Open up the floodgates to the hordes. I said it. I said it. Hordes of people that would come. Listen, the United States is a magnet. Look around this world, and the net res- result of desire is to come to the United States. You don't hear people saying all over this world, I want to move to England. I'm sure there are people that do, and England's a beautiful country, by the way. But yep. where do yep. people from around the world want to go? To the United America. States. And so if you, we have 350 million people in this country. How many people are on the planet? I think it's like 7 or 8 billion people. Guess and what? And half are living below the poverty line. All of them. That's right. So we flood this country, and you think that makes our standard of living go up or go down? You take a boat. And, and you know what? So now here, so here's what just happened as we go to the break. Right. You know, they're giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens. You're not going to believe another element of that bill that they call the green light law that was just passed. Tell me. Are you ready? I'm waiting. ICE and CBP can no longer access motor vehicle computers oh in the state of New York. Oh, my gosh. Does that take your breath away? And I want to get into what that really means. It's going to get people killed, and it's going to help drug traffickers, human traffickers, and terrorists. It's already a gift. This is a Christmas bonus to the terrorists and the criminals by Governor Cuomo and the New York State Legislature. Uh, Did you see he just vetoed a bill? I'm going to have to find it during the break. He vetoed a bill that made perfect sense. Oh, you know what it was? It was a bill that would allow federal judges to conduct marriages. And he said, well, I veto that bill because Trump put some federal judges in office. So what are they going to do? Mess up the marriages? Because they happen to be appointed by President Trump? This is how off the deep end, Michael, the lefties have gone. Trump derangement syndrome. It is Trump derangement syndrome. We're going to come back after the break and we're going to dissect the Trump derangement syndrome even more. Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave in the studio. We have Chris Corbett on the line. We have Michael Cutler. I want to wish everybody a happy Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, and soon to be Happy New Year as well. Michael, we uh, just before we went to the break, uh, we were talking and you were pick, picking up on, well, what is the hypocrisy of the left? So please continue. Well, so, so they're talking about the concerns they have, whether it's MS-13, you started talking about that. Well, we're talking about human trafficking. In fact, now there's an article in the paper. I have to get a hold of it. 
that there's concerns of the levels of human trafficking in New York City. Of course there are. Of course there is. New York is a sanctuary city. That's right. Think about it. El Chapo Guzman, the number one Mexican cartel leader, was prosecuted successfully where? In Brooklyn. Just down the road from where Chuck Schumer lives, believe it or not. Why? Of course. Why? Because New York is a sanctuary city. Never mind New York has 38,000 police officers with the best training and equipment of any department in the country. That police force is larger than coming here. That police force is larger than some countries' police forces. Or or, or armies. Right. Right. And, and I will tell you that whatever you need, they have it. You know? Mm-hmm. If if we were in a situation and we needed helicopters, within five minutes we didn't have one, we had two helicopters Wow. wow. I I mean understand the New York City Police Department even has their detectives assigned to consulates and embassies around the world doing counterterrorism because they were concerned whether the CIA and FBI would really share intelligence with them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's the point to the intelligence if at the end of the day, everybody is ignoring one fundamental reference book? This is the question I would ask everybody running for serious office in America, especially presidents. Yes or no? It's not a, a, a wishy-washy answer. Have you read in its entirety the 9-11 Commission Report and the Companion Report, 9-11 and Terrorist Travel? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Simple question. Right. Because the 9-11 Commission made it so abundantly clear that terrorists were using driver's licenses as fake ID. The 19 hijackers in the aggregate used over 360 false but Michael, Michael, driver's license. Michael, let me say mockingly, just in case someone doesn't perceive the sarcasm in my voice and my tongue firmly embedded in my cheek. But Michael, don't you know that illegal aliens uh, have a lower crime rate than Americans, the latter of whom are entitled to be here, the former are not? What do you say in response to that? Well, and, and this is what they've done by 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 confusing the term lawful immigrant, illegal alien. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, lawful immigrants have the lowest crime rate. Because I did an analysis of these statistics when I was assigned to DEA intelligence. Mm-hmm. Right? Back then in the 80s and early 90s, and they started to continue to track the, the statistics and they stayed constant. Six, zero percent of the people we were arresting at DEA for major crimes. You know, they aren't, we, we weren't out there arresting people for a joint in their back pocket. Right. We're talking right. tonnage. Right. Sixty percent of the people we were arresting were foreign born. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nationally, thirty percent foreign born. Mm-hmm. Understand something: cocaine and heroin are not manufactured, cannot be manufactured in the United States. I was having a discussion with some members of Congress, and I said, "You know what the best metric of border security is? Well, is it arrests? Is it this? Is it that?" I said, "Forget about immigration." Look at the price and availability of heroin and cocaine. Every single gram of those poisons were smuggled into the country. The demand for heroin has never been higher. The price has never been lower. This flies in the face of supply and demand, un- supply and demand unless there's a virtually unlimited supply. And right. there is and it's an unlimited supply because we have no secure borders. And it's not just the Mexican border. Okay, it's our coastline, mm-hmm. the Canadian border, mm-hmm. it's international airports. We had heroin swallowers showing up at Kennedy Airport when I became an inspector in 1972. I remember those stories, yeah. And then you, you sit them down, and sometimes the balloon will break, and they start to sweat. And they die. Right. And they die. We rush them to the hospital 
to try to get those damn things. I raided an apartment in Staten Island that was being used by the African cartel, and it was disgusting. They had strainers and laxatives. These guys were going right from the airplane to this apartment where they would sit them down and force-feed them laxatives to get the, the condoms or the balloons out of their gut before they ruptured. You know, I was I was flying on American Airlines uh, recently, and they have such a bad, pa- um, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, suitcase policy that I thought about th- doing that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, no, but, but, but seriously, you know, I saw this up front. This isn't what I read about. Most of these talking heads who come on TV are clueless. Indeed. They don't understand what we're dealing with. And, and what you're doing, and so then the argument is, well, they're going to drive anyway. Now they drive safely. Imagine how do you drive more safely? That's what I was going to come to America. How are you more safe? We wanted to violate. You know, if I was a defense attorney, Robert, I could make the case for entrapment. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. It's remarkable. They told us, come here. We will afford you protection. We won't give our own citizens or lawful. And we'll give you licenses. We'll give you. uh, And by the way, they've changed some laws to take felonies and turn them into misdemeanors because too many illegal aliens are being deported for committing those crimes. It's it's remarkable. But if you're an American born, there is no leniency. Oh, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think here's what I think Donald Trump should do. You ready for my plan? I'm waiting. He needs to renounce his citizenship. The Democrats will appoint him president. There you go. I love it. I love it. How does that work for you? I just want to reemphasize the point that I've already raised. My parents were immigrants. Your mother was an immigrant. Your your um, deceased wife, uh, uh, God rest her soul, um, uh, was was an immigrant. I love immigrants. I love legal I do too. I'm immigrants. not anti-immigrant, but this is right. what the media has done. That's it right. It wasn't always that way. Do you know that for the first few years after 9-11, I was averaging 15 to 20 television interviews per month. And guess which network had me on probably more often than anybody else? MSNBC. MSNBC. Yep. MSNBC. And what's remarkable is that in August, I believe it was August of 1994. I have to read this to you because it, it blew my mind when I was digging up some of my old paperwork. Um, here we go. August 4th, 2004, MSNBC published an NBC report critical of the 9-11 Commission. They complained it didn't go far enough mm-hmm. on identity theft and the dangers that it creates. That's a terrible. The title of that report was 9-11 Report, Light on ID Theft Issues. And this is what was the MSNBC report that they put online. Right. But in the nation's most comprehensive look yet at what went wrong on September 11 and what can be done to prevent the next terrorist attack, identity theft gets scarce mention. Buried deep within the 9-11 Commission report are almost 10 pages, starting with page 393, are suggestions for dealing with deeply needed problems of terrorism and identity fraud. The report does note the importance of the issue, however. Impersonation is cited as a key tool for terrorists, quote, Travel documents are as important as weapons, the report says. Fraud is no longer just a problem of theft. At many entry points to vulnerable facilities, including gates for boarding aircraft, sources of identification, a.k.a. driver's licenses, folks, are the best opportunity to ensure that the people are who they say that they are. And here is the killer sentence from MSNBC. Terrorism and identity theft go hand in hand, the experts say. Of course they do. The Al-Qaeda training manual included provisions for trainees to leave the camp with five fake personas. Of course they do. 
That's the thing. They were giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens, but we're not going to let ICE or CBP access computers. Now, let me just tell you quickly why this is so insane. And I wrote a piece for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. It's coming out the next day or two. I also do podcasts, by the way, for Team DML, DML News. That's a subscription service. But here's what the, the public doesn't understand. The obvious thing is if a cop pulls a car over, they do a, a motor vehicle check, they want to make sure it's not a stolen vehicle, that the plates match the, sure. the car, uh, that the guy isn't wanted for murder, armed robbery, because then you call for backup. Sure. So there's a danger to the agents involved. There's the always a danger, right? The job is interdiction of vehicles, right. okay, all day long. But if you are doing a smuggling case, and I did human trafficking cases, the case extended from New York all the way back to L.A. We put a bunch of smugglers in jail. This was years ago. They use vehicles. You use the motor vehicle to figure out who's in that car. If you see a load of dope being delivered, the first thing you do is grab the license plate, run the tag, who owns the car? Is the driver the owner? Maybe the owner is the big guy over the little guys because he now you find out he has 48 vehicles. Mm-hmm. Really? This one guy has 48 cars? So now you're putting together an investigation and going up the food chain to dismantle human trafficking and drug smuggling organizations. Guess what? If the car has New York tags, ICE is screwed. Border Patrol is screwed. So the agents' lives are now at risk. And the ability to go after human traffickers has just been thwarted. Well, and the people's lives are at risk. I'm talking about the populace, the citizens. Absolutely. And that's why it makes sense to arrest people in the courthouses we used to love to arrest them either in the courthouse sure. or the airport. We know they're going right. through a metal detector. Right. We know they're not armed. Right, exactly. Michael, so hold why that thought. In the world would hold. you not allow it? Uh, uh, they don't want anybody to be arrested. They want, and, and they're vilifying the ICE agents, which means nobody wants to cooperate with the agents anymore. And, and it discourages people from going into law enforcement. Michael, hold that thought. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back for our last segment. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck, filling in for Dave today. In the studio, we have... Chris Corbett just walked in, is Dan Sullivan, a rep from up in Jonesboro, running for state senate. And on the line, Michael, we have you for one remaining segment, about nine minutes left. Michael, give us the big bang. Give us the most important thing that we need to know. Go ahead. All right, so so here it is. You were talking about the circus that came to town called the impeachment hearing. Right. While this has been the focus of the media, you know that in the last year— and we're told that the Democrats and Republicans hate each other. They'll never work together. It's like watching wrestling when we were kids. Right. You know, they beat each other up and go out to dinner afterwards, right? That's right. They passed at least three bills in the House by a wide margin that would give more high-tech visas to foreign workers and legalize illegal aliens, including farm workers. That's the topic of my most recent article for Front Page Magazine, House Democrats and Republicans collude on dangerous immigration bills. Is this chamber, is this chamber action, basically? Michael, is this chamber behavior? It's chamber behavior. It's bad behavior. It's duplicitous behavior. Um, why in the world do we keep talking about the need for farm workers? Uh, and by the way, I, I've said this to members of the Congress when they talk about farm workers, it's going to hire more immigration agents if you're going to provide more visas because these people aren't going to work on the farm. They mm. use the visa to come here. We had that with Jamaicans and Panamanians and Trinidadians back in the 70s and 80s when I was doing other than drug enforcement work. I was focused on drugs, although I was always with INS. Mm-hmm. But, but we had these farm workers come in, so-called. They were supposed to work in the citrus groves of Florida, mm-hmm. the Apple orchards of upstate New York. They never did. 
They sold marijuana and cocaine and were among the most violent thugs you ever met in your life. We were literally, I was working with the New York City Police Department. We were literally following a trail of dead bodies. Wow. Wow. And so if you're going to bring people into the farms, at least police the system. Right. And, And we don't need the farm workers. This is always the same nonsense. In fact, one of the key players in the um, Trade Center attack in 93 was Mahmoud Abu Alima, who got agriculture out of the Reagan amnesty, claiming that he was a special agricultural worker. The only thing this guy ever did, he claimed he picked beans in Florida. He was never in Florida. The closest he came to a fa- farm was when he drove his taxi cab past Central Park in, in Manhattan. He planted wow. a bomb, though, in the World Trade Center. That's what he planted. Right, right. So right. you would think they would learn from the mistakes, but but here we go again. So I, I hope everybody, when they have the time, will check out my articles at frontpagemag.com or or, or go to uh, Team DML. It's a subscription service, but I'm now doing two podcasts per week for Dennis Michael Lynch. It's about providing the information. These aren't left-right issues. These That's are right-wrong right, issues. That's right. And, and I will tell you that these bums, these politicians, have sold their offices, they've sold their souls, and they've sold us out. And, and I just thought that with all the negative stuff, I, I had to give you something slightly humorous. I wrote this when I was giving a presentation in Washington about a half dozen years ago, the similarities between the two oldest professions. Are you ready for this? I'm waiting for it. Okay. Both professions begin with the letter P, you mm-hmm. know, prostitution and politics. Mm-hmm. Both professions involve lots of people getting screwed. Mm-hmm. In both professions, the practitioners will assume any position, no matter how ridiculous, uncomfortable, or contrary to common sense, for the right price. There you go. In prostitution, in prostitution the clientele bring their fantasies that the prostitute tries to fulfill. In politics, the constituents bring their concerns. And the politicians respond by making promises they fulfill by creating fantasies. STDs can give the clients of prostitutes a case of buyer's remorse or perhaps something more serious, while voters may as well suffer buyer's remorse when they come to find out what their elected official actually does once he or she is sworn into office. Talk about the gift that keeps on giving. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. It's, it's really remarkable how the left, you know, you got, Michael, in the last few couple, two, three minutes we have left, I got to I gotta pay a compliment to the left. Here's my compliment to the left. They've hijacked the English language. And they have been able. And the Democratic Party. Right. the Democratic Party. Right. They've hijacked the English language. And if you say something uh, that they don't like. They'll attack you. Did you see? We're going to talk about later in the show after after um, uh, you leave us. But we're going to talk about uh, what's uh, I think it's J.K. Rollins, a woman that wrote uh, the um, yeah. Harry Potter novels. And she had the audacity of saying, listen, she's a she's a lefty, by the way. She's no conservative. And yeah. she got in hot water once when she she said some character turns out is gay, but it's never articulated in the book one way or the other. She's the author. She can have her opinion. By the way, readers can have their own opinions as well. That she doesn't own, Absolutely. The, right? So she got hot water from some people on the right uh, for saying that. Well, she's allowed to say that, and yeah. now she's getting in hot water from the left because she said, "Look, uh, people want to be um, trans. They do whatever they want." Uh, she's a very sort of open, socially left person, but she says that doesn't change the biology. That didn't you? Oh, Michael, watch out. Oh, boy. Well, watch uh, and, out. And that's why what Alan Green, with, um, um, oh, my goodness, I'm trying to think of what he, uh, um, shoot. 
the the the, um, the the lawyer that's always on at Fox, and I love the guy, David uh, uh, Alan oh, Dershowitz. Dershowitz, yeah. Dershowitz said that on a college campus, you should be physically safe, but no one's ideas should ever go without challenge. Exactly. How is that a controversial point? Now, you and I grew up, Michael, uh, and we'll say for our audience here, we grew up Jewish, and one of the things that you do in a Jewish household is when you go to the dinner table, uh, your parents, they they quiz you. They, they, they yep. not in like a uh, Jeopardy way, but it's okay. Well, what do you think of this? What did you learn today in school? And you'll say we something. We're always challenged to think. Always, always challenged. challenged. And whatever you said, they would say the opposite. Not that they agreed with it. They would say, okay, but what about this alternative view? And you would have to either defend. Well, here's what my yeah. father did that was wonderful. You're bringing yeah. back such a wonderful memory. Right. My dad, if I would come up with some outrageous statement, would look over the top of his glasses. I would call it the father look. Right. And he'd say, Mike, empty barrels make an awful lot of noise. There you go. The point was, if you couldn't back up what you were saying with facts or some solid reference material, you weren't supposed to be saying it. Right. If you can substantiate it, I want to hear it. Right. If this is a brain spasm, keep thinking. (laughs) That's wonderful. I'll tell you, before we go, I'll tell you a story about my father. We um, were watching something on television, and and he... it was about something going on here in the country, of course. And he said, well, that's a bunch of propaganda. And I said, and remember, I, I've told you, Michael, my father during World War II lived in the Soviet Union, the commies, right? right? Yep. And so I said to him, uh, well, of course, the Soviet Union was well known for propaganda. How does the propaganda in America compare to the Soviet Union? Uh, how do they compare? And he and he chuckled and he said, well, no, this is th- I call this propaganda. And, and in some respects it is. But in the Soviet Union, it was imposed upon you. You'd get uh, jailed or murdered if you didn't agree with it. And it was everywhere all the time uh, you were being indoctrinated. And well, it was Newspeak out of Orwell. That's right. That's right. And here's the thing. If my dad was alive today, I don't think he would say the United States has turned into the Soviet Union. I don't think that's a true statement. But I think he would say the Democrats are moving in that direction. I genuinely believe that. We stand on a very slippery slope. And and what you're doing on this program, what Dave does on this program, I have to tell you, is so important. Indeed. You know, when people say to me, I'm one person, what can I do? Please remember, folks, history is written by individuals. That's right. If you think about the Second World War... If I asked you to write down the names of the key players, you'd be hard-pressed to come up with more than two dozen names from either side. That's right. That's right. Individuals make the difference. It's about stepping up to the plate, making a difference, and remembering that I always like to say on my internet radio show, democracy is not a spectator sport. Right. Well, Michael, you are one of those individuals. I mean that sincerely. You are one of the individuals that's making a difference in America, trying to ensure that we have the freedoms that not only the United States uh, Constitution guarantee us, but that God guarantees us. So I want to thank you. I want to wish you a wonderful Hanukkah, the holiday that you and I celebrate. To everybody else, of course, a Merry Christmas. And we will talk soon. God bless. Thank you. Same to you. Same to your audience. See you next year. And I hope it's a happy, healthy and peaceful new year for everybody. Be well. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am to your surprise, Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave in the studio, in this studio right now, Chris Corbett.
and Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan, a rep uh, out of uh, um, Jonesboro, running for state senate in a primary against Cooper. What was John it? John Cooper. John Cooper. I always forget his first name. I don't mean to be insulting in that regard. And Chris Corbett. I'm going to raise it now because I think this is a related issue. Chris Corbett, who I want to run for state senate uh, when Jason Rapert. Uh, Runs for lieutenant governor. So it's not this coming term, but the following term, because I know Chris Corbett's going to be a, a great uh, state uh, legislator. Um, let's talk, Dan, about what's going on in Jonesboro, what's going on in Craighead County, and why and how you're going to beat John Cooper. Because John Cooper is running as a Republican, and that's the only thing Republican about him. You know, uh, first of all, it's good to be here. Happy Hanukkah, and I appreciate <laughs> the invite down Thank there. Thank you. Uh, you know, the same thing is going on in northeast Arkansas that's going on across the state. Mm-hmm. The Republican Party is moving away from many of our founding principles, not founding Republican, but founding of the nation. Indeed. And what our framers intended, and we're seeing that across the spectrum in the state. Uh, and, of course, John... Uh, Cooper, Senator Cooper, made a lot of promises when he first ran. Oh, didn't he? That he was the didn't most conservative. But and, he can't sign those checks. Well, I'm wondering when the when the uh, mailers come out this time if he'll still be making those same That's right. statements. We literally have. I literally have a copy of a mailer from when he ran against you in the primary four years ago, in which he said, I am going to oppose Obamacare. And when that vote came up, I think in the first year in which he was in, yeah. in office, he was one of the yes votes. Yes. You know, the, you, you um, and that's kind of the important part of what this campaign's all about. You know, and, and the Republican Party, one must be who they say they are. That's right. You know, we make you hear all kinds of promises. I promise I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to stand strong on the Second Amendment. Uh, the oh, Second yeah. Amendment comes up and we fall. It's John Cooper, if John Cooper bumped into the Second Amendment in the subway station, he wouldn't even know who it was. <laughs> yeah, what are, you, are you the Fifth Amendment? Which amendment are you? Like that cartoon, I'm just a bill? He'd be like, you just, you're just an amendment? Which amendment are you? I never even met you. That's how little John Cooper knows about the Second Amendment. Well, you know, I, I don't... I don't um, necessarily disagree but i think i think republicans know what it is right it's not a matter of knowledge right you know, it's a I'm matter be, right. of are you are you going to stand up he's not supportive for the second amendment that's and you mentioned in the earlier segment you talked about god-given rights. that's right and i think our our state and the republican party many are hedging that uh position that under where they understand and truly believe and support that there are rights that are given by God, not by the government. That's right. And our government continues to try to push those that idea. That's right. You know, Can I add a thought to that, by the way? Because I, you know, I work in academia. It's overwhelmingly liberal. We'll talk more about that later. But of, uh, and within the liberal context, there are a lot of people. There's a much greater percentage of people who don't believe in God. And my philosophy when it comes to non-believers is. You're entitled to believe whatever sure. you want. Now, I'm not I'm a believer, but you're entitled to believe whatever you want. And if you don't want to believe in God, uh then you can't believe in God-given rights, but I'll tell you this, even if you don't believe in God 
The government's not the one giving you those rights. You better start looking somewhere else. You don't want to look to God? That's where I believe the rights come from. Look to the sky. Look to the earth. Look to anything. Don't look to the government because that's a bunch of other people telling you what you can do. That's not, that's not a way to live your life. Yeah, that's exactly. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we talk about having God in the schools. Right. You know, and, and John Cooper voted against allowing the Bible to be studied as a historical document. You know, I wonder if a, if a student asked a teacher, uh, they, they were studying the Constitution. Right. That doesn't happen much as much as it needs to. Indeed. But when they're studying the Constitution and the Declaration in school, right. and the teacher says, you know, here uh, we are all created equal. Right. And a student raises their hand and says, created, created by whom? Created. Yeah, exactly. what does that mean? How right. Do you, how do you talk in that context without right. talking about God? That's right. And when we're all created equal, how do you talk in that context with unalienable rights. Right. right. From do, where? Yeah, from, from where? where? Yeah, how does one talk about those without talking about God and a higher being? Right. And we've lost that uh, ability. We've lost the courage to stand up as teachers, as legislators, as school administrators and say, I'm teaching the Constitution, and let me tell you what it says first. Right. I'm teaching about the Declaration, and let me tell you the foundational principle. It's that you were created by God and you were all created equally. When we can't stand up for that and stand up strongly, then we have no business being a legislator. And that's one of the primary differences between Senator Cooper and myself. You know, we had a bill to put in God we trust signs in the schools. Right. And John sat on the sideline, didn't even vote. Right. And By the way, that's a coward's oh, move. Oh, wait a minute. He and did a present? Yeah, I'm present. I'm present. What does that mean? Is that present? I don't care where you are. What, what do you have, that? the Starbucks? I'm present? That's a no vote. Yeah, it's, but it's worse than a no vote. You're do right. your job. People you want to vote know. no, yeah. stand up and vote no. People want to know how you feel about things. Exactly. It's like you. No, they don't have a hard time they, figuring out where you stand. You don't need the decoder <laughs> ring from the Cracker Jacks to figure out where Steinbuck is on an issue. He'll tell you. Yeah. But you know what John needs to do? He needs to grow a backbone peeking through that wisteria-colored sweater of his so that we know his positions. Enough already. Present. And what, present. 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 <laughs> and what he does, by the way, when he discloses his position is he dec- discloses liberal positions. Yeah. He's, he's against the Second Amendment, right? He voted against Stand Your Ground. He voted for Obamacare. He's These are not conservative positions. And... and too often what I see from him is not an independent individual. I want senators thinking for themselves, not taking orders from the Capitol. Yeah. And, you know, he also voted for the earned income tax credit. Is that right? Which is in the Democrat platform. Right. Now, if you're a Democrat and you like that, that's fine. Right. You know, just speak up and say, I'm a Democrat and I believe in the earned income tax credit. And I believe I'm against the Second Amendment. Right, right. And I believe in every tax increase that comes down, I'm going to vote for it's what I, John it, just needs to own it. He needs to own it. That's what I say about Joyce Elliott. You know, I, yeah. I've met Joyce Elliott several times. She's a wonderful woman, very nice person to talk with, and, and a very, very lefty. And But she says, these are my views. You don't, there's no doubt that where Joyce Elliott's positions are. So you can't say to her, you're being disingenuous. You can say, I don't agree with your lefty viewpoint, but you can't say you're being disingenuous. John is the worst of both worlds. He has the wrong opinions and he pretends to believe the other opinions. Well, you know, I'm 
I'm concerned about our Republican Party in yeah. that way. Yeah. You know, I brought in this little um, advertisement about Theater Squared, which is a theater building up in northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They celebrate a campaign milestone, and they announce a $2.9 million investment from the state of Arkansas. You mean, so you mean are, I just paid? I just bought a theater. I just I just wrote a check to a Northwest Arkansas theater. Two and so point, did you. Two point and so did you, Chris. Million. And so did Zach in the, yeah. in the in the booth. Yeah. yeah. And we're calling that an investment, investment. in quality of life. Hey, here's That's my a question. Democrat strategy. And by the way, investment. So when they make money, do I get a piece? Because when I invest in GE, I get a check at the end of the year. I get a dividend check. Dividend Am I getting check. a dividend check well, from the two point nine million dollar well, investment? Well, actually, what you get, yeah. your quality of life improves, yeah. and you're just going to feel better. Oh, really? Because so when was the last time I was up better. in Northwest Arkansas? I've been up in Northwest Arkansas, I think twice, and I didn't go to no theater. So, how's my quality of life improving when you spend my money? You know, I'm really, and again, I'm genuinely concerned. If we're going to, this, you hear this quality of life yeah. argument yeah. popping up right. all over the state. Of course. We want to build a word. pool. We want to yeah. build a bike trails. We want to build right. these things. We have a small town up in Jonesboro, just outside of Jonesboro mm-hmm. in my Senate district, mm-hmm. where the, the sewers are coming apart mm-hmm. and leaking up into people's yards. Mm-hmm. Another small town, their well uh, broke. They Chris to told bomb. me about some of those things. As an engineer yeah. and a plumber, you yeah, know about sewer that. sewer rates are going sky high. Yeah. And it's, it's wild how much money they're spending on, on sewer yeah. improvements. And you would think that would be quality of life. Isn't that quality of life? When your sewers are backing yeah. up, yeah. when your well doesn't yeah. work. Right. We're going to give $2.9 million of our money. Yeah. The rest of the state. That's a rich person giveaway is what that is. Well, it's for people that wear black ties. That's it right. Says here. That's, that's right. Exactly. That is. It's, it, that's a tuxedo giveaway. And people got poop coming up in the house. Hey, these tickets aren't $10 a, no. a ticket either. They're, right. they're, they're 60 and $90 a ticket. Yeah, and I hope the, the listeners realize this is from the rainy day fund, which is excess or surplus money. Right. So when we have surplus, right. we turn it over to the rainy day fund, parts of it over to the rainy day fund. Right. And then the rainy day fund is then used. Um, it's supposed for to be for a rainy like day. That's not a storm. You know, that's I've not got a, a storm. I've got that's a small a, comment on that. Like, yeah. so, so taxing and spending is congressional, right? Why is the governor allowed to spend the money? In well, the executive actually, branch, actually, it was we used to let legislators spend it. Yeah. It was called general improvement funds. Oh, GIF. that was the, remember the big. Oh, the, I remember that. The cash okay. pots. People oh, that's got right. it. Yeah, people. Some people used it correctly. Sure. You know, I, for example, I took the money that came to my district, right. divided it up equally among all the towns nice. based on population. Right. Just gave, pass it out that way. You mean you gave people back their money? Gave, yeah, and uh, that's a crazy idea. I was supposed to be proud of that. Right. You know, how can you be proud to give people back right. their own money? Look at me. <laughs> I gave you back your own darn money. Yeah, we didn't do any uh, photo right. ops. No right. photo ops. No black tie no uh, black theaters at your we building. We just said, here's your yeah. money back. Good for you. And, you know, it's exactly. And so we turned that GIF money that legislators used to have. Right. That caused a lot of corruption. Oh, yeah. And people admitted people went to jail. it was corrupt. People went to jail. We turned that into the rainy day fund right and now here we're building a theater with it three million dollars and other things i've got several pages of this that we spent gif money on right mm-hmm. uh, you know, people you may not know that we have uh, several in the state we fund venture capital projects we have about four different ones isn't the whole point of venture capital is that private people take risks on investments and if they win they get rich and if they don't win well that money goes away well do you know what how our state funded venture capital the success rate for them no 
Nobody else does either. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. We have no accountability well, we on have, the investment? We, we have some outcomes. Oh, okay. But they don't really track whether you made any money or not. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, you can say, well, we, we, we added 150 jobs or we added 50 jobs or 300 jobs. Well, that's great. But over the course of three or four years of your investment, how'd your investment turn out? What was your return on investment? Yeah. yeah. We just don't know. And I've got that legislation written, and if I'm reelected, right. I'm going to propose that legislation. No, no, not reelected, because you're going to get elected to get a elected. different position. You're, <laughs> going to, like you're going to be the state senator from up there in Craig yeah. County. Craig right. and, we're, County. We're, and that's what we're going to do, is yeah. help our state government right. be more accountable. You know, right. you hear Tim Griffin talk a lot oh, yeah. about Compete Arkansas. That's right. We can do it smarter. We can that's do right. it better. Uh, and boy, I couldn't agree more. Oh yeah, I, I we love need to. reform. We don't That's need right. to change. We need to reform That's the way right. we do things. That's right. That's right. Let's take a break, Dan. We're, we're going to come back and we're going to continue talking about having a state that is responsible to the citizens, not citizens that are working for bureaucrats and legislators. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinmuck filling in for Dave. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and soon-to-be Happy New Year. In the studio, Chris Corbett and Dan Sullivan. Dan, we're talking about state politics, of course. You're an elected official. You're a state rep. You're running for state senate uh, to be one of the 35 senators. You're running in a primary up there in Craighead County against John Cooper. John has demonstrated, as far as I'm concerned, that he's not a conservative. And he's welcome not to be a conservative. I just wish he would be... uh, truthful about not being conservative we're helping that come out right well so let's talk about that okay so for example john was the deciding vote to kill stand your ground this is a simple law by the way and i think it exists in a majority of states across this country that is if somebody is using deadly physical force against you you're allowed to use deadly physical force against that person you might say wait i thought that is the law well you know the law right now is before you can respond with the same kind of deadly physical force they're using against you, you've got to look around to see if you can run away. Right. And if you don't look around, or perhaps even more importantly, if you defend yourself and then the prosecutor decides after the fact, well, you didn't look around enough. There was a little tunnel behind you you could have ducked in. You're going to jail. And John Cooper voted against it. He was the deciding vote against that in committee. And the only Republican. And the only Republican. Yeah, and in the, that's a key issue in our state. You know, we're Arkansans, and freedom is important to us. Mm-hmm. It's more important to Arkansan than freedom is to Texans. There you <laughs> think, go. I oh, don't say it to a Texan. <laughs> I don't want to take on the Texans, but right. it's important to us. That's right. And, you know, I am not retreating. That's to, right. I'm going to protect my family. That's right. I'm going to protect my community, and I won't retreat. The That's law right. can be whatever it was. Exactly. Because God gave us that. That's right. That responsibility, That's not right. the right. God gave us the responsibility to stand up. It's also like, I don't know if you remember from the 80s, those RoboCop movies. And like in RoboCop 3 or something, RoboCop was the uh, subject to a whole bunch of programming by the politically correct uh, town council. So instead of having like three commands, which was protect life and liberty and whatever, it was 118 commands, something ridiculous like that. And they all conflicted, right? So now I've got a checklist, like I'm a pilot on a commercial airline and some bad guy's shooting at me and I'm like, okay, check one, retreatability, check two, check three. That's the liberal viewpoint because your real goal is to prevent you from ever carrying, to be to make you subject to the defense of the state instead of your 
yourself and to never have your Second Amendment rights. And John Cooper voted against your Second Amendment rights. Yeah, and I think that's consistent with his vote against te- teaching about the Bible in school. Yeah, yeah. You know, rights come from government, right. not from God. They, that's his view. That's his view. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you for correcting. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But, yeah. We believe that rights come from God. That's right. And that they are to protect us from government. Indeed. And that's the primary responsibility for the accountability for that Second Amendment. You know, another big issue that John and I disagree on is the tax issue. You know, John voted for every tax that came along the line. How is that possible in all seriousness? How does someone call himself a Republican and vote for tax after? And I know this is the case, by the way. Go look at the conduit scorecard. John's below the Democrats. How do you get below Democrats on tax issues? There were two Democrats that were more conservative than John. Right. I'm sorry. Eight concert, eight Democrats that were more right. conservative. Right, yeah, yeah, only two that were below him. Yeah, how is that possible? Well, again, you're it's, um, and that's what concerns me about our Republican Party. Right, if we those are bills that are can't pass without Republican support. That's right. And so when we stand up and work the clear majority in the Senate, we're the clear majority in the House. That's right. But we're going down this road, and uh, you know we may not have time here, but I want to talk about the internet tax yeah. increase. You Another know. tax. Well, Another yeah, tax. Yeah, and and you hear in all the cities, and if people are paying attention to their local government, they're and the state government, they're saying, well, tax sales tax revenues are up. Sales tax revenues are up. Well, y'all, there's some really great things happening in our country. Right. You would think that the the fact that Arkansas passed um, the the internet sales tax that that's the reason that we have an exploding economy. The reason Nonsense. we have an exploding Nonsense. economy is because the president has cut taxes. Right. He's deregulated things. That's right. Um, you know, you'd think Arkansas passing the internet sales tax is the reason the stock market's up. If, if you talk to true. John Cooper, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, and, and all, most of our government officials. Right, that's right. Fair our enough. Our economy Fair enough. is booming. Right. And it's booming because Despite of, the tax increases the, at the yes, local level. Yes, absolutely. Well, Chris... Chris has a big issue, uh, and I agree with him. He's he's brought me on board 110 percent. Chris, just make a quick mention of this hamburger tax. Yeah, two percent. So how does it work? Yeah, so, it's, so every restaurant get got an added two percent tax to a, if you go out and eat dinner, and I pay it. You pay it, and then that and then money, where does that money go? The money goes to the A and P Commission. What does that mean? They take your money and right. they're going to invest it, right? Quote unquote. Yeah, to bring people into the state for. Um, seminars or um, so I'm paying so that through a tax I pay in a restaurant for them to advertise hotels and restaurants how about this why don't the hotels and restaurants if they want to advertise do some advertising and if they don't not that's right well, and, and uh, may, don't even get me, well, get me started. Yeah, right. please. They took some of the money. Right. And they bought the Cromwell building right across wait, from wait, the courthouse. Wait, wait, they bought a building? Primo real estate. Isn't it funny how government always winds up in the state-of-the-art, yeah. most expensive buildings? Why? Because we're paying for it. Yeah, and it was, when I saw the, the realtors, they put together this cap rate. Oh, they're going to make this much percent, right. not 8% or 7%. Right. It was a terrible deal. I'm a landlord. Right. I would never have bought that building for that much money. 
And yeah, but you're not making it, money. On you would have bought it for that price, Chris, if it wasn't your money. Well, there you go. That's, uh-huh. the, that's the deal. So now they're landlords. A and P commissioners are now landlords. So the A and P commission not only taxes my hamburgers 2%. so that they can advertise uh, for restaurants. Yeah. Now they're a landlord. landlord. So they're competing against private landlords. Oh, there you go. They're competing against private landlords. And I wonder. I just wonder how yeah. much rent they're collecting. Right. Are they evicting folks when they well, don't we pay? We need to do a FOIA request. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Then we need to see. Mm-hmm. Those, those AMPs are not elected officials. Of nope. course not. They're appointed officials. Bureaucrats. And I hope the listeners will start to figure out that Republicans and Democrats, but mm. Republicans now too, want your money more than you do. Yeah. Now you think about ain't, that. Ain't that right? They are willing to fight. They are willing to pass bills. They're right. willing to invest in legislators to get people elected. Because the government wants your money more than you do. And Chamber was behind and, that. And what, Chambers what and yeah. people are going to have to wake up and say we are done funding competition to private business. That's right. Just as you were describing. Yep. There are taxes, are funding uh, competition to our local businesses. That's socialism. Small. That's a government control of the means of production. And people can stop that. That's right. They just need to stop giving the money. Well, you, you know, you stop it in all seriousness. You got to be educated. Uh, you got well. You got to be educated, and amongst other things, you vote for people like yeah. Dan. That's right. You vote for conservatives, well, and you got to root out that John Cooper here said one thing. Well, yeah. got elected uh-huh. and did another. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So he said he would. I mean, I think he actually had support of the Tea Party at one yeah. point. Oh yeah. That's the well, norm now, though. You know, you you have to get elected first, and once you're elected, and then, then you, you lie your way into an election. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the problem, you know, and that's why I will only vote for conservatives, and I give and I use my Steinbuck cor- scorecard. We're going to come back right after these messages. <laughs> Show. Zach's giving me the, the we're on sign. And I am Robert Steinbeck filling in for Dave, of course, today in the studio, Chris Corbett and Dan Sullivan. Dan, um, we've been talking about money. We've been talking about taxes. We've been talking about local control. We've been talking about me. Me. I like talking about me, by the way. We've been talking about me, you, and everybody as individuals owning our rights. Now, that's in part, it's a philosophical discussion, but in part, you don't need to be a philosopher to understand that simple concept. You know, it talks about in our Constitution, right. it's your property right. Right. Your money is right. your property. Right. And there has to be a high threshold before government just takes your money. Right. And spends it uh, any way they want. That That was one of the uh, premier reasons why we separated from right. England right. was about our money right. and us being able to determine how best I want to spend my money. So when it comes to uh, big projects and projects that benefit our, our state highways and uh, other medical care for the indigent, okay. But when it comes to building quality of life issues, building theaters, don't spend my money to build a theater in another city. Yeah, $3 million for a theater I'll yeah. never see. Yeah. yeah, and the taxes are a big deal. And, you know, roads, 
we're talking about having a, a half percent tax for our roads. We're going to put in the Constitution. Now, I want your listeners to think about this. Yeah. We're, we passed the Internet tax increase along with some tax cuts. The tax increase took effect immediately. Of course it did. The tax cuts are incremental over several years, there you multiple go. years. Right. Ask yourself, how well has the state legislators kept their word on cutting taxes? Right. You know, matter of fact, this road tax, uh, we were promised it would end in 2022. Yeah, that was the deal. That was you the deal. You pay a half cent. By the way, a half cent, folks. Per dollar. So when some lefty politician says, it's only a penny, it's only a half cent, that's out of every dollar. Every dollar. And they said, here's the deal. Half cent road tax. And the promise is, it's like a toll booth. I'm from the Northeast. We had a lot of toll booths up in the Northeast, you know, New York, etc. And they always said, just to pay for the toll road. And you've never seen them shut down, Dan. Never seen a toll road. That's the same thing here. We were promised, we the legislature promised the citizens of Arkansas that we would end the tax in 2022. And now we've decided some uh, carefully crafted language that we're going to Continue that tax. Continue it. You want to. You want to sew it in. Not you, to be clear. Uh, other folks want to sew it into the DNA of the state. That's right. They want to splice your DNA and put it in there, in the Constitution. Yeah. It will literally never end. Amen. That's right. And and you know the and the the part of it it here. So when we pass that <coughs> internet sales tax, and I voted against that, and I think the internet sales tax is probably a fair equitable thing to do and we can figure that out but when we pass that along with promised tax cuts right one legislature cannot bind another of course not and just like we're demonstrating now we don't care what the 2012 arkansas legislature promised we can cut that tax or we can come back in two years and add more tax you know we cut taxes this time Right. We just added more taxes than we cut. Right. And, so overall, and, you're paying more money. Yeah, and Dan, you, you, uh, I think you kind of glazed over it there, but what I remember well as a civil engineer when this $1.5 billion was being spent on highways. Mm-hmm. It was pushed as a bond issue. Yeah. And the bond issues where the highway department gets the money immediately. They get $1.5 billion to go out there and spend on these highways, and then they're going to pay that back with this sales tax, and it should end. Right? It should be over. Yeah, once the, you fulfill the bond. It's over with. Right. So now we're talking about adding something that's well, permanent. And if it had ended, it would have taken a 75% threshold to pass a new tax. Mm-hmm. That's As right. As it is now, we're just going to continue an, a, a current tax so we have a lot lower threshold oh, for that doing right? that. Isn't that So, you know, the thing is to, to your listeners and how important it is for Republicans who are conservative in nature with their tax money – to one, first, when you think about whether you're going to vote for issue one, think about how important it is for the Arkansas legislature to keep their word. That's right. When we say it's going to end, it should end. That's right. And if we want to pass a new bill, then have, have at, at work it. at that. That's right. But when you vote for issue one, think about that first. That's right. When you vote for or against issue one, when it comes up, you know, think about, is this the only way to do this is to add a permanent tax you know, our lieutenant governor uh, has talked several times. Tim about, Griffin. Tim has talked several times about there are other ways to get tax money to the roads other than doing 
um, you know, what we passed in this previous legislature. Right. So voters need to ask themselves, have they considered that? Do they even know what the other issues are? Right. You know, we're going to spend millions of dollars. I think we've, the governor's talked about using his personal uh, campaign fund to go out and campaign for this. So we're going to spend millions of dollars convincing you that the government wants your money more than you want it. That's right. Well, it's going to be tricky. To it's it. going to be tricky because this this 2% the legislature, if it gets passed, they can change what it's going to be spent on. Right. It doesn't mean it's just going to go for roads and there's a separate checking account just for roads. No, and it means just like we did this time, we cut taxes. We just added more than we cut. So, yes. And then these corporate tax cuts are due to take effect. We can change that. All we have to do is write a bill that says, well, we're going to let that tax go forward, the tax cut go forward, but we're going to tax you in another way so that overall you're going to pay more taxes than than we cut. And that has just consistently uh, been uh, a direction that we're heading, a trend. It's very troubling for me well, as a Republican. And let me, Dan and Chris, let me tell you a story that I think reflects this notion that we as taxpayers are paying for the government to spend unwisely our money when we take care of our own money. When I moved to this state, 2005, it's a long time ago now. I moved to the state in 2005. You know what kind of television I had? The old kind. The tube television sets. We all had them. You know, the four yeah. by three ratio. I still got one. I yeah, still got still one. Got, amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. And uh, you know why I had that? Because it still worked. That's yeah. why I had that one. And because I, I didn't have a money tree out back with a 1.5 tax pay, feeding that money tree. Yeah. I go into a state building and they're installing flat screens. I've got a tube. They're installing flat screens. You know why I couldn't buy a flat screen, Dan? Because I was busy buying it for the government. That's why. <laughs> I was busy putting $3 million into a into a uh, hotel and theater up there in northwest Arkansas, and I've got myself a tube television set. That's why. It's quality, I'm tired of it's it. It's quality of life, Rob. Quality of life. The government of life. needs. I can't have a flat screen television. My quality of life is down. But when I walk in some building, I don't see a pegboard with somebody's name on it. I see a flat screen. <laughs> right. Now my quality of life is much better. You just haven't applied to the right area. Exactly. You, know, you could go to Innovate Arkansas or uh, several other uh, venture capital exactly. Arkansas and borrow the money. But we don't. You know, we, we are, as a state, as a state government, we're loaning out money right. to bis- private businesses. Yeah, yeah, we're picking winners and choosers, yeah, and uh, we, winners and losers, rather. And we mm-hmm. have the metrics on what the projections are. We don't have the metrics on what the actuality was, what the actual return on investment was one, two, and five years out. Well, why would you have the metrics? It's free money. These yeah. aren't banks. These are government bureau hacks. They take in the money. They get a guaranteed paycheck whether or not the, the state makes money on that investment. That's the difference between a bank and a bureau hack. A bank takes in money, and if they don't, it gives out money, and if they don't get it back, the bank folds. And if the government gives out money and they don't get it back, you know what they do? They take more money. Yeah, yeah, and you it's called a 1.5% road tax. Permanent in the Constitution. Now, 1.5, not 1.5. What's that? 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. Excuse 0. 0.5. me. Oh, it's half a penny. Yeah, oh, it's only half a penny. <laughs> Come on, bro. It's, it's only half, half a penny. Cheap. Look at that. I it's saved a, a penny a buck in 20 <laughs> seconds. What a deal. He's trying to raise what it a, a penny. Oh yeah, my God! We had this happen in Jonesboro, and yeah. it, it happens all over the state. We we gave uh, state money right. to a company, Rise Ever, to open in Jonesboro. What, yeah. And what, what does that company do? They manufacture heavy equipment. Okay. I think. 
and they um, came up there, and we gave them, I think, several million dollars. Some of it was local incentive. Some of it was state incentive. Right. Mm-hmm. So they come up, and they ask our Chamber of Commerce if they can tour one of Jonesboro's premier manufacturing businesses. Oh, my gosh. I won't mention their name. Right. But they're a premier, one of the, been there for years and yeah. years. They asked the Good chamber, local business. Great local yeah. business. Uh, they asked the, the the chamber if they can tour this yeah. premier business. My buddy's in the chamber. So the chamber asked this business, can we come and tour? Sure. We're good corporate citizens of right. our Jonesboro. So the company, Rise Ever comes in and tours the company. And where's meets, Rise Ever from? Uh, China. China. Okay, yeah. there you go. Okay, oh, boy. This is, I know where the story's going now. <laughs> I know where. Because they're real good with intellectual property and that kind of thing. Go well, ahead. You're getting real, you're real close. I'm close, huh? So, so they, they come and tour the manufacturing company there in Jonesboro. Had the top tour. Get met all the people. Sure. Did the tour. Several weeks later, they hire away the top engineer. Sure had a big do. bonus. Sure they do. And this manufacturing company in Jonesboro is kind of left there with their mouth hanging open. No way. It's hard to recruit top quality engineers right. anywhere right. in the state. Right. But you know, particularly in Jonesboro, uh, it's very difficult. So this new company hires them away. Guess where that money came from? From taxpayer oh, money. Man. That's so what we we're pay using. to now, undermine local yeah. business. Now, so what is what does this uh, premier manufacturer do? They are no longer doing tours. I don't blame them. If you're going to tour people and they're going to steal my employees. Right. And so, but those are the kind of metrics we don't measure. Of course not. Why why would you measure it if you're a bureau hack? Because the problem is you might not get a good outcome and then you got to advertise it. But if you don't know the outcome, everything's all good. We took in a million dollars. We gave out a million dollars and I took 10% for my paycheck. All's good. You know, I'm gonna. We're going to need to take a break, not for the studio to pay the bills, for me to lower my blood pressure. <laughs> this is the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave in the studio. Chris Corbett and Dan Sullivan. Dan, we took a break, but let's go back to you on some issues that we're talking we're just about. Just kind of tie a loop around that. You yeah, know, we're talking about taxes and right. how much how we're spending our money and right. rainy day funds and where that money and quick action closing. Uh, just by the way, rainy those. day funds means my money in the government's hands. Oh, but yes. go ahead, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Rainy yeah. day. You, where's my rainy day fund? Che- seven figure checks. Yeah, yeah. Where's my three million dollars of my money is in their rainy day pocket fund? Well, mm-hmm. you know, in the last, and I'm going to be conservative on this one. But in the you always last conservative. That's years, why I vote yeah, for you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you. Just moved to Jonesboro. There you go. In the last 10 years, we have had over a billion dollars in surplus revenue. Now, think about that. A yeah. billion in yeah. surplus. So after yeah. we pay for the highways, wow. after we pay for our Medicaid, right. after we pay for education, after we pay for our police and fire, after we pay for all of those, right. in the last 10 years, we've had over a billion and very little of it until this last session went to our highways. Yeah. Wow. Now one half and then all of a sudden we need a half percent tax. Oh, well, we're running out of money. Uh, yeah. What have we got to show for that billion dollars? Can I put less money in your pocket. Oh, That's what? Less I, money. I got a vehicle. Uh, $4 I got million a... dollars for people in bow ties and cummerbunds <laughs> and, and sequin gowns. Yeah. Where's your sequin gown, Corbett? I need one. You I need, need one. one. <laughs> you need an extra large, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that just goes to show that, you know, as the voter... To realize that government wants your money, they, and you're going to have to start fighting to keep your own property. That's right. When you start thinking of your money as property, yeah, it changes that because what other property of yours can the government take oh, yeah. if they can get enough people 
that want to take it. That's right. So if you have, you know, in my case in Northeast Arkansas, when we had a tax come up recently, a quality of life tax. So Your quality a of life. whole list of yeah. things. We my quality to... of life goes down when you take my money. There's my quality yeah. of life. Amen. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right. And until more people around the state start to understand that's your right. property that's what right if they came and said we're going to build a bike trail yeah. we're going to take your house oh yeah we're going to come and and build other things we're going to take your property oh, we're going to take your, guns. your money and we're going to take we're going to buy back buy back i didn't Man. buy it from you they're going to buy back my yeah. guns and yeah. they're taking your property too to build that bike trail exactly so exactly that, that kind of ties that all together but again Voters, you're, you need, I hope you'll realize the trend our Republican Party is in the direction we're trending and that voters will stand up and you can call it conservative, you can call it whatever you want, but it's your money. That's right. And there ought to be a high threshold in your property. That's right. And there ought to be a very high threshold before you, you, we allow the government just to take it. That's Let's right. make sure they're using it wisely. Amen, brother. Well, you know, and, and on that point. I can't tell you how many times I've had lefties say to me, but, you know, we have this problem and we have that problem. And my response is twofold. First of all, government's not going to solve all your problems. No, no. Okay, just be, so you have a problem and you want to raise taxes. And then what do you have? You have the problem and less money in my pocket. The problem didn't go away. You just have less money in my pocket. Maybe we should think about conservative ways to solve problems, and that's not making society dependent on government. Yeah, and that's exactly just like this theater squared. It says they announce two point nine million dollar investment. Yeah, investment. Yeah, it's a that's a code word. Yeah. So when when and we recognized that a long time ago in education that we need to invest in education, right. and we never quit. We that's just right. continuing to invest more and more and more. And now we've, we're taking that same language in this quality of life argument. Don't you like your city? Yeah. Don't you care about people? Yeah. Don't you care about the dogs and right. have a dog park? Right. Don't you care about oh, having man. bike trails? People right. will be more healthy. Right. Let's invest. Right. Folks, that's a code word. For taking your democratic money. Code, Democrat code word, a liberal code word for us just to take your property. That's right. And let's start talking property, not money. Yeah. They're taking your property. Yeah. Well, they're fungible. That's the thing. But you hear people like Elizabeth Warren say, you didn't build that, and you didn't build that, and you didn't do that. I don't know. I go to work, and at the end of the day, I get a paycheck, and I like to believe that paycheck's for what I did. And by the way, all along, I'm already paying for the roads. I'm already paying for the $3 million uh, uh, theater square up in northwest Arkansas. I've already paid for it. That's it. It's enough. Yeah. Well, amen. I don't know what else to say when you finish. (laughs) But, you know, there there are other issues. We were talking about it in the break, uh, immigration. Yeah. We had Michael Cutler on and we were talking about immigration. Did you hear him? Yeah. And the, you know, we in the state legislature passed a bill or it passed. I didn't vote for it. Let's be clear. John Cooper did to put DACA students above uh, everyone else in the United States. So now if you're a DACA student, right. you can, with a few restrictions, you can get in-state tuition. That's not true of someone who lives in Illinois. Oh my they goodness. couldn't get in-state tuition. They're an American citizen. Right, right. Not true of anyone in, in uh, and there are different rules, different colleges have sure. different rules. But, you know, uh, people that live in Tennessee, people live in Louisiana, right. are border states. We're not giving them the priority that John Cooper and others gave to the DACA students. Now, you know who's, who's uh, platform that's a part of? Well, that's a, that's a Democratic p- platform. Part of the Democrat platform. Yeah, but 100%. But we as a Republican legislature No, he's not. That. No, he's not. He's a Democrat who calls himself a Republican. <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's be clear. 
And that's a problem. You know, I said to, I'm not going to mention a name. I said to a senior Republican in this state, I said, you know, we've got a 75% uh, um, conservative legislature. He said, no, 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 you don't. He's a conservative. He goes, you got a 75% Republican legislature. Not all of them are conservative. Well, you know, the, the I'd make a, a draw a line there. I think all of them are uh, social conservatives. Okay. You know, on the, on the social issues, right. abortion and, right. and marriage and those, they're, they're probably Well, but don't you consider guns a social issue? Well, that, uh, uh-huh. you're right. Right? Yeah. John Cooper ain't no conservative yeah. on guns. Yeah, that you, boy, listen, you couldn't be more right because it is a life issue. Right? It's absolutely that's a life right. issue. No different than what the abortion is. I protect issue my is. family. Right. That's it. Well, right, that, so I that, take that, that back. Fair enough. Everything except for guns. Listen, I'm not saying he doesn't have any conservative values, but they're, listen, we come from a state that used to have a lot of Democrats. They were also often right. socially conservative. Right. Yeah. They were still Democrats. Well, and, and DACA is an exploitation of the immigration law. Or uh, not, yeah. I mean, if we can remind the listeners what DACA is, yeah. Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, right? D-A-C-A. Right. right. Deferred Action Childhood. Now, these children, they are children, yeah. but they're here illegally. Right. So DACA is when you, you take a, a child and give them some preferred treatment. Well, and, 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 and Dan's point is it's one thing to treat them the same, right. but you're treating them better than American citizens. That's the point. But that's Ex- a Democratic platform. Right. They there elevate, elevate right. the, the, those people who do not have legal status above those. Above. above. It's above. It's above. That's Free health care. Right. I mean, oh, right. No. You, I, me, all of us uh, 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 have to pay for the health care. Not them. Right. Not them. And you know when and when we people say, well, we have to do something. We have yeah. to do something. I agree. It, well, I, I don't. Okay. No, but my point is well, like that it. we have well, we to do something. We did the same thing with healthcare. Right. We said we got lemons, so we're going to make lemonade. Right. But when I say we have to do something, doesn't we mean we up. have to do it. Yeah, no. we have to stand up. Stand That's up. what I mean. Yeah, because exactly. now we have a president who's standing up. That's right. And our president is standing up, and he's right. ready to get rid of nationalized healthcare. Right. He's ready to change the immigration exactly. laws just to make them fair That's right. for Americans. That's right. Called putting American first. Exactly. Hold that thought. We're going to come back right after these several messages. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave. In the studio, Chris Corbett and Dan Sullivan. Dan, we were talking during the break. Uh, let's tell the audience. Now, this applies, of course, across the state. How uh, So many of these elections these days are, are basically won or lost in the primary, meaning yes. you're running against, Dan Sullivan's running against John Cooper in the primary. Whoever wins that primary becomes a re- Republican right. nominee and effectively will become the senator because you're... We have, there's no, no one running. There's on literally the no side. one running. Right, well, like it, Tom Cotton. Right, right. And then in some localities, there may be a Democrat running, but it's a it's so heavily Republican area right. that the Republican will win. So... Talk the audience and me, frankly, through the timeline because we all know, well, the general is in November, but the general is not what counts here. What's yeah, the timeline? But sure, thank you. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we are campaigning right now, but not too hard. People don't want to hear much about politics during Christmas time, and I, I'm the same way. <laughs> but here, when the first of the year hits, we'll start campaigning hard. You'll see signs going up here in Little Rock and around central Arkansas and ever, all across the state. Uh, the election is actually March the 3rd. Okay. And two weeks prior to that, I don't have a calendar with me, but somewhere around Valentine's Day, uh, early voting will start where mm. people can start going to the polls and voting. Uh, and also this in that primary, that's when you vote for your judges. 
So all oh, the county judges and um, I'm sorry, your court judges. That's right. Is that district circuit court? court? That's right. Court, court. District court. Yeah. And boy, those are some really important races. Oh, trust me. Chris and I have been in local circuit court. We know it. We yeah. know it. Yeah. And, you know, people need to get to know these people. That's right. Uh, and know who they are. Because Chris, who, uh, sorry, just one second. Yeah. We're, we're supporting what? Amy Johnson, right? For, yeah. Right. Is she running here locally in She's Little Rock? Circuit judge. Uh-huh. Circuit judge. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. Right. That's my point. Right. You know, people need to figure out who those judges are right. in their local district. Right. Because March 3rd, that happens. That's it. And if you have to go before your judge, right. it would be nice to have voted for who exactly. that judge exactly. would exactly. be. Yeah. And Very that, interesting. So it's just really important uh, that people get out and vote. And it's really important they get engaged. You know, we were talking in the break about how we get the word out. And you, right. of course, you see signs out there and you see, you know, billboards out and people will start to get mailers. And those mailers are going to be skewed heavily to whoever you get that from. So people need to start doing their research. And, you know, we have really good websites. You can look up how, how did John Cooper vote on guns. Yeah, exactly. You know, John says, I'm for your Second Amendment. We'll look up how did well, John vote on the Second go, go Amendment. For, there are plenty of sites, and, and it doesn't mean that if I mention one, others aren't good. But go to Conduit for Action. Yeah. Conduit for Action will show John Cooper literally, literally is below most of the Democrats. Yeah. The Democrats, here's the problem with the Democrats. They vote the wrong way. Here's the problem with John Cooper. He votes the wrong way, and he claims to be a Republican. Well, and that's what you'll see on a mailer. Right. You know, the mailer will come out and say, right. I'm I'm for lowering taxes. Right. Well, did you? Yeah, did you? <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. And, and which one, which taxes did you lower and right. which ones did you raise? That's right. And, of course, Conduit and others, you know, Family Council. Yeah, Family Council has as well. a really that's good right. scorecard that that's shows right. things like, you know, are you voting for yeah, life issues. your your God given rights? You know, conduit. I don't. I think they scored the Second Amendment bill. I'm not really I sure if they did or not. I know that they they, they tend to focus <laughs> on the economic, and they tell you by the way. Yeah. They say, listen, if you some of these other issues are important, but we don't do that scorecard. But you know, it's a right to life issue. Certainly right. is. I think and, so. You know, I think so. So, but but your listeners can go to many places right. to look up and make sure whatever they see on that flyer. That's right. You know, there we we did a little bit of polling uh, a couple of months ago. You know what the number one issue was among the people? Is my legislator going to do what he said he's going to do? Or Amen. Nice. Amen. You know, can I trust him right. to be who they say? Well, they because are? that's the thing. I'm voting for someone whose values coincide. I, I don't mean a hundred percent. I bet you, well, there are three people in this room, and, and through the booth is Zach makes four of us here in the studio right now. I guarantee that we don't agree on every issue. That's okay. But I would vote for each one of you because I know that we are generally like-minded. But here's the thing. if you And I know it because we have conversations. But if you tell me one thing and do another, guess which one counts? You know, and it's it's always clear that we all four of us have different and we're all wrong on a couple of them. That's right. Amen. So what in, Amen. What informs us? Where do we get our information? And what do we do when we find out we, made we were wrong? That's right. You know, what you do is you say, I was wrong. Right. And you correct it and move That's forward. Right. And that, and when when you do that, people are respectful of That's that. Right. That's right. Uh, when you just make excuses for that. That's right. And you say, well, I studied it for 10 years, but in two weeks I changed my mind. Right, right. You go, when I go, got a phone a call from somebody else, by the way. Yeah. From, from, from the chamber. Nice. Exactly. And, I, and not only did I change one position, but I changed multiple positions. Yeah. No longer do I, you know, I'm, I still support Obamacare. Right. When our attorney general has filed, and I saw we won the law, the case uh, recently 
about the Obamacare mandate. Oh, that's the, that was, the judge that wrote that opinion, the district, the trial court opinion, uh-huh. is a guy I used to work with in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Well, you taught him something. Well, didn't I you? tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, here we here we're going down that road, right? Where we are, and maybe we can't repeal all of of Obamacare, right? But we can fight. That's right. You know, we can That's try right. to, uh, scope of practice issues. Right. We can go down that road. Right. Our hospitals, folks, you can't go around your community and see an independent doctor, an independent testing lab, right. an independent medical facility of any kind. Right. It is a vertical monopoly. Oh, absolutely. And every vertical monopoly costs you money. Of course it does. So, And there are things that we can do in our state to fight against that. That's right. We don't have to roll over. And I think that's one of the things that our people really appreciate about our president. Right. Our president doesn't roll over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's going to stand up and he's right. going to fight for the people and that's fight right. for what's right. That's right. And we, that's why they impeached him, continue. by the way. Oh, There's yeah. no substance there. They impeach him because he says what he believes and he does it. Yeah. How, For example, how dare you campaign just like both the, the, the George Bushes, just like Obama and just like Clinton? How dare you campaign on moving the uh, American embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem right. and actually follow through? How dare you? <laughs> you actually follow through oh. that's not what we're hiring in a politician yeah. those three presidents didn't get it done yeah they and that's what the lefties want yeah. you make all the promises you want john cooper is that kind of politician that's right he'll tell you everything you want to hear and they say yeah but don't you understand i'm john cooper i don't follow through with my promises <laughs> that's the difference here. i just want to get elected i just want to get elected he just wants a job you know i don't i actually don't know what john's background is but i gotta tell you all of these trust fund silver spoon babies running for office because it's their next job. We've got that here locally uh, um, in um, uh, uh, Will Bond is not running for senator anymore. So uh, we've got a guy that I like. Um, Clark I've, Tucker. Thank you. Right. Clark's running. Clark's always running for some office. Yeah, there ain't an office that Clark hasn't uh, uh, run for. You know, I don't want a guy who's always looking for every next opportunity for a job. Well, and you know, I don't, I can't uh, go speak to people's motivation, but what I can speak for, I appreciate people who are committed. Yes, you know, and and we have many of us that disagree on a lot of topics in of the course. legislature, but we get along well That's right. with That's each right. other because That's right. we're respectful That's right. of your position and your whatever your position is. Fine, just own it. That's right. And when you know when we come out and you say I'm for Trump, right. I'm a big supporter of Trump. Right, but I'm. I voted for tax cut. I right. voted for tax increases. Right. I'm supporter of Trump, but I voted against the Second Amendment bill. Right. I'm supporter of Trump, but I'm for earned income tax right. credits. Like, wait, what? At some wait, point, what? At some point, how some, are you a supporter of Trump? Yeah. What other you, than the label to help you get reelected. He's got nice ties. Yeah. He's he got nice ties. He does. Exactly. Have nice. He does have nice ties. Nice ties. <laughs> exactly. And some are jealous of his hair. That's right. Few, <laughs> but nonetheless. <laughs> so you can be supportive of him. Right. You know, it's, and again, what the president has done is focus on policy. That's right. And people that oppose the president don't want to focus on policy. No, they, they want, want to focus f- on personality. Yes, but our nation is doing fantastic. Our state is doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you know, our governor's doing some good things. This mm-hmm. is what he's done in oh, education yes. Oh, yes. is great in education. We're making some very positive steps. Oh, yes. What he's done with our economy, we're making some great steps with our economy. Right. It's not because of the internet sales tax. No, 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 uh, no. You know, but it's because of all the things that are happening in Arkansas That's right. and nationally, That's right. we're on a good track. That's right. 
and there's more that we can do, that's but right. we're going to have to reform some things that's and right. do it. And that's what uh, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin talks yeah, about. That's right. He talks about doing things differently. Yeah, at some point, you can't do them much better. And we're at the point we can't cut taxes much anymore unless we do taxes differently. You know, we are, our Arkansas is one of the highest states in the nation at centralized spending. It's we remarkable how much. 80% of our money goes to Little Rock. Yeah. 20% goes to our communities. States like Texas, uh, Tennessee, Florida, they're more in the 40 to 50% of the money goes to Little Rock, and the rest of it goes locally at the county level. Now, just think, where, where are the lobbyists going to go when we quit sending all the money to Little exactly. Rock? Exactly. Where's the municipal league going to go with their cup in hand looking for handouts for bureau hacks when yeah. it's all local? Yeah. And, Interesting. And, and just take that money back locally. You know, we, we are 80 percent of our money comes to Little Rock and then they decide Little Rock then decides and not necessarily the legislature. Because when we have oh, a, there's a lot of bureaucrats when, in charge. Well, yeah, when we have a billion dollars in surplus, the legislature doesn't control that. Right. When we have rainy right. day funds, as quick as evidenced by the funds. three million dollars to build a theater in Northwest Arkansas for my quality of life, my quality of life ain't changing with a three million dollar theater up in Northwest Arkansas. Well, your blood pressure's not getting That's less. Right. I know that exactly. <laughs> you go get me some medicine. <laughs> Call me an ambulance. <laughs> there, so we we talked during the break about how we lower the income tax. We know the states like Texas and right. Tennessee and Florida have no income tax. Chris is a big supporter of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know our, many are. Our governor right. is, I think. I know right. Tim Griffin is. Right. Many of the people are. And I think people that pay income tax are in favor of it. Sure. But how do you get there? Right. What do you do? A good question. Well, the answer to that is to do what these other states like Texas and Tennessee and Florida do is turn that money back locally mm-hmm. and let local people decide how they want to spend the money. Right. Do you think they know best how they want to spend their money? Right. You know, the, the cities. And, not, and, and let me be clear. And not spend some money as well. Or not. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, how to best. Yeah. And again, the government that looks. That uh, governs best is one that's local. Right. You know, people can tell when your people are driving around newer cars and right. they should have bigger houses. Right. They're watching those things locally. Um, and I think it's a, it would take us years to make that transformation. Right. But we've got that's a different way for us to approach our fiscal status in our state right. is to look at doing things differently. You know, when we're number five or six in centralized spending, let's get down to the 30 yeah exactly 20 let's get we're in the middle just in the hey, middle let's shoot for mediocrity and actually <laughs> achieve that modest goal yeah. right we are number five on the wrong kind of scale yeah. we're on the wrong end of that scale you know when when we have little communities the rural communities we talk a lot about the delta and our more our poorer communities what happens to those poor communities when we sweep their money and take right. it to little rock right then they've got to get in line That's to right. try to get it back. Yeah, cup in hand. They can't hire lobbyists. That's right. They don't have the, the, the clout to be able to get quality of life That's issues. Right. That's and right. Their quality of life is a well. That's right. Their quality of life is a sidewalk. And you have, it's by the sewer. way, you have these state and local agencies literally hiring lobbyists with government dollars. Government, the municipal league, you, you know who that is? That's a group of people that represent municipal bureaucrats. You say, well, okay, well, if some municipal bureaucrat wants to dig in his pocket and give 50 bucks over to Municipal League, you know, that's the same way you're giving 50 bucks to, say, the Republican Party. Oh, no! Oh, no! 
You know who's paying the dues for the municipal league for that for that bureaucrat to uh, be represented by a lobbyist in the legislature to reduce the obligations of workload and FOIA responsibilities for municipal workers for municipal bureaucrats. You're paying for it. I'm paying for it because they take the tax dollars to pay those dues to lobby the legislature to against the citizenry. You know, one of the things people don't hear much about, the colleges did the same thing. Oh, they still do? No, they don't. Oh, they we, changed that rule, right? We, yeah, well, they, no. Well, tell they, me about They it. do, but I went to the college right. uh, lobbyist and said, guys, that's not right for you to do. I'm going to have a hearing right. in the fall. Like you can it. either change it voluntarily okay. or we'll have testimony. Okay. They came back to me a couple of weeks later, and it wasn't a big change. They just okay. changed the funding stream to take their private money to fund that rather than public money. Okay. But it's the right thing to do. But that's a good first step, David. Good first step. But let me yep. tell you, it ain't enough. No, not It ain't enough. enough. Well, we tried to pass okay. a bill like that, but it, I it, helped it, work on that bill. Yeah, it, it just uh, it was a little bit late in the session. That's right. That's exactly right. We didn't right. have chi- time to modify. That's it. right. But it, it's going to come back up, and that's why that's I right. say, you know, we are trending well in the the legislature. We do have a majority of quote Republicans, but not of conservatives. Right. And I think we're trending that way. And I think my election in the Senate will go a long way Absolutely. to doing that. Well, know? we're going to do the math. We're going to do the math. Zach, we'll take a break now. We're going to do the math right when we come back to show how instrumental just getting you elected will be for the conservative majority. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave on this Monday, the first day of Hanukkah. And what are we, two days out from Christmas? Two days out, yeah. Exactly. I'm going over Chris's house for, for Christmas, in fact. Uh, and uh, and a, you know, a week or so out from the New Year. So it's really... You know, I need to get you up to Jonesboro. Yes. And I'll feed you, too. You guys I know. come up there. And, I'm going to do in it. In January, and we'll, have, we'll do a remote up there. I'm coming. Have a lot of fun. I'm coming. I'm looking forward to coming up and campaigning for you. I mean that sincerely. I think it'll be wonderful. We'll get... We'll get Dave to come up. We'll get we'll we'll, uh, we'll get all the folks. You yeah, I'm know? gonna tell folks how you and I met because exactly. Robert, I never didn't know who Robert was. <laughs> yeah. and I'm in the legislature, and, and of course we had that free speech bill that happened right. at Arkansas State University. That's right. And I'd met with several people with, about a free speech the, bill. TSU, TSU, what yeah. did something I forget that. Yeah, but we we yeah. talked. But, I was talking to those folks, and I thought I had a free speech bill. And I sent it over to uh, Senator Ballinger and Senator Hammer and you. Right. And I get this email back. And folks, uh, Robert emails just like he talks. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All then, caps. All caps, there baby. Were, there were several. What kind of bill is this? This is no free free speech bill. And there were several other words in uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. But I thought to myself, who in the world is this guy uh-huh. talking to me like that? Uh-huh. Well, then we met, and I'm so thankful for having met you. Well, because and, you've helped me learn about freedom and helped me learn about what our Constitution is, and I'm, I appreciate that. Well, but and, we're, you're an advocate for our Constitution, absolutely, and freedom for people, absolutely. And 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 give yourself a little bit more credit there. Dan uh, was uh, sending around uh, a bill that had been offered up to him, the substance of uh, to to pursue these ends by some folks that were trying to play a little fast and loose with their definition of free speech. And right. Dan was simply saying, well, I'm, I'm for the free speech on campus and fixing that problem at ASU. And here's something that someone shared with me. Uh, and 
you know, I, I think it might be okay, but let's have a conversation right. about it. And the point was that Dan had the right motive and the right incentive to begin with, and he was given this product and simply was starting a conversation. And I pointed out, yeah, those people are not for free speech. Yeah, and Dan quickly, yeah. he looked it over and he said, well, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Clearly, clearly yeah. pointed it out. But, right. <laughs> but, that's what it's, that, but, folks, that's what it's all about. You know, right. Those kind of discussions happen all the time that's in the right. legislature. That's right. You have legislators who are bold, right. and they will stand up. And we right. need people like Robert and others well, that's kind and of citizens you. I know around the state that that's I right. talk with that are experts in their area. That's right. We as legislators have to have the boldness and the clarity of thought that's right. to know who those people are and then to stand up. That's right. Regardless of who's on the other side. And, uh, you know, that's that's what we do continually. Well, and and you uh, to continue got something passed, too, didn't you? Oh, you get uh, something passed. We got an outstanding bill. Exactly. Dan was uh, on the ground floor. He was a, a co-sponsor of that bill yeah. with with it's Hammer and Ballinger. Mm-hmm. And, and the, that was one of the few bills that the governor signed in a ceremony because right. you know, a lot of them, they just sort of sign yeah. in, in yeah. their office uh, that had I think it had. Either universal or near universal. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, and I right. actually went to Washington D.C. Right when President Trump signed the executive order that kind of mirrored, kind of mirrored our that, bill. Right? Yes, that's yeah. right. And said these, and that was why we got invited. Right, Arkansas got invited right. because our bill was right in line with what the president wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the early bills. Texas passed a similar uh, bill mm-hmm. into law, yeah. and I, I saw on the on the Twitter gram that uh, <laughs> uh, the. The good governor down there was saying, look what we passed. And I somewhat jokingly wrote back on yeah. Twitter. I mean, it's not directed to me, but right. I wrote back, Arkansas did it first, or at least <laughs> before Texas. Yeah. You know, and and you Turning know. Point USA. Yeah, turning Point, that's yeah, it. They had a big convention the other day. That's right. And, and, and the president speaking. was there. Yeah. That's nice. Right. That's right. It stemmed out of the Turning Point lawsuit. That's right. Against yeah. ASU. Yeah. Ashley Hogart. That's uh, right. Tried to That's set right. up a table at ASU, and some jackbooted cops ripped down that table and yeah. said, "You're not allowed to have free speech. Right. We got a free speech zone. You know, it's the size of a nickel on the back end behind the dumpster, and it's a free speech zone. And you know where what a free speech zone is? It's called America. That's right. That's a free speech zone. Yeah. And America. When we, when we call people on that, right, and we sit down and say, "Look, this is, violates our That's constitution." Right. That's right. There aren't many people that say, "Well, no, it doesn't." That's We're, right. Not in Arkansas. That's right. You know, in Arkansas, when we say our constitution, you're taking away our freedom. Our Kansans stand up. That's right. Same right. thing on the Second Amendment. Well, you know, you know we people, right. Arkansans will stand up and say. You're taking my gun? That's right. You're telling me I have to run? That's right. Arkansans don't run. That's right. That's exactly That's right. right. You know, uh, I actually, I saw Kim Hammer recently, and he had a bill that he introduced. I think you you were either a co-sponsor on it or you were going to, to sponsor, but it was very late in the session. And this bill um, extends our free speech protections. Interestingly, you know, that the First Amendment only protects us so much. And so... Uh, we're going to talk about, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about this bill and how we need, to in Arkansas, to be at the front of protecting Amen. free speech. Yeah. Amen. Because we're going to talk about, uh, what's it, J.K. Rollins? Zach, help me out there, yeah. right? Yeah, J.K. Rollins. And this whole controversy that stemmed from the fact that she's a lefty, by the way. She's a lefty. And this controversy stemmed from the fact that she said, listen, if you're trans... Uh, I don't, I don't, is it transsexual? I'm not even sure the full word. That's why. Transphobic? 
What's your no, transphobic is like they, oh. they say that you're against them. Right. Transgender. But transgender, I think it is. Thank you. So if you're transgender, um, she said, whatever, you know, do whatever you want. Be yourself, right? But she, she st- said, and this got her accused of being transphobic, Zach. Uh, she said, but if you were born a man, uh, you can do whatever you want. I still figure you're a man. And she, uh, you know, the, the, the fire of hell came raining down on her. And if you're a government employee and you say something like that, under the law today, you can be fired. But not under Hammer's bill. Not under Hammer's bill. And we're going to talk about that after we come back from this break. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbeck filling in for Dave on this Monday. In the studio, we have Chris Corbett and Dan Sullivan. Dan, um, we're picking up where we left off. Uh, We're talking about conservative values and conservative politics. And during the break, you said something that I thought was very interesting. Uh, And you were saying that uh, John Cooper is rather proud that he was able to pass a bunch of bills and don't get me wrong. First of all, you were a, an original co-sponsor of probably the most successful bill in the legislature at last session. That's a, the free speech uh, right. on campus bill. You were an original co-sponsor of that bill. You met with Ashley Hogart from ASU. You met with the ASU folks. You met with uh, um, all of the folks on both sides of these issues. But in any event, in, in addition to being uh, uh, an original co-sponsor of that very successful bill, uh, you know, John Cooper is proud that he passed a bunch of bills. O- almost every one of his bills is a is a lefty liberal bill. Well, and there, you know, I what I will speak to you know, some of the bills that I didn't pass mm-hmm. are huge, right? You know, the scope of practice bills right. for CRNAs, for right. advanced practice nurses, right. those are huge. That's right. You know, um, um, school choice bills or That's freedom right. of education, educational right. freedom bills. You know, we had a issue just recently. Uh, where a young lady in in Jonesboro has a homeschool, she has seventeen autistic kids wow. from about five to seventeen years old, and DHS comes in and says cease and desist. Right, and there, she says, "Well, what do I do with my kids? Well, right. Put them in school." So you're going to put seventeen severely oh autistic kids back in school. Oh my goodness! So I said, "Where's the policy for that?" They said, "Well, we don't. I don't know what it is." I said, well, then you can't cease and desist these guys. Right. So to make it a short story, it ends up that that DHS backs off and says, let's that homeschool operate as a homeschool. But you have to be favorable and strongly favorable to uh, the freedom of education that people have. Right. So that's one of the differences that when you when you fight for freedom, you're going to lose a few times. You don't give up the fight. But you stand strong for freedom. Well, if you just take the easy path Chris, and whatever bills people pass to you, yeah. you can pass whatever you want. Chris will tell you. Chris told me a, a, a thousand times because he takes a lot of underdog cases, and he said a lot of attorneys that he knows will say, "Well, I've got a you know ninety two percent success rate." And Chris's response, there was a great line. He said to me, "He goes, 
That means you ain't taking the tough ones. That's right. You're not, yeah, you're <laughs> That's not, exactly right. right. You're, not, you're not in the battle. Right. Yeah. If you're in the battle right. for freedom. Exactly. Uh, you know, just no different than when our country was established. We fought for freedom. That's right. We lost a few. That's right. We just won more than we lost. This is not Nerf ball. No. Right, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is not this Nerf ball. This is hardball, baby. This is it, baby. This yeah. is hard. You, you better catch get one. in it. You catch one in the face that's every right. now and then. That's right. you got to take one in the gun every once <laughs> in a while. You know, one of the things I think people ought to ask their legislators, what did you fight for and lose? Exactly. Because that's the character of a person, a man or that's woman. Right. That's where your character, what did you fight for yeah. and lose? And what did you do when you lost? And, and, and by the way, the, bill that you, the, the bills that you were pushing, where'd they come from? Yeah. Did it come from some rich lobbyist, silver yeah. spoon lobbyist? Or did That's it come from, question. or are you going out like Dan Sullivan, meeting with Ashley Hogart, the student at ASU who had the jackbooted cops coming up right. on her and, and shuffling her out into the nickel yeah. sides free speech? Yeah, zone. she had a sign up booth. Right, hey, you want to sign up for yeah, yeah, sign sign yeah, yeah. ASU is my alma mater. Right, right. And I, just in defense of those guys, uh, yeah, yeah. they worked well with us. And they, they did were, do that. They I were polite that. when they escorted Ashley out. Uh, well, they were that part I don't know one way or the other about. But they had a bad policy right. and, it, and it needed fixing and it got fixed i just wonder if it was right next to those free t-shirts the credit card applications yeah exactly the, they got yeah. to stay right they, they, they got to stay exactly exactly <laughs> no look uh, uh, it brings up the broader point that i mentioned i think before the break which is we need as Ar- arkansas needs to be on the forefront of free speech I, I think Arkansas is such a wonderful state. It's like a hidden gem, you know, the, yeah. what we the diamond state, right? You know, because we could find yeah. these hidden like diamonds it. in the earth. Well, the state itself is a hidden gem in many respects, right? Because we are cutting edge on, on many things. Not everything. Not everything. But we were cutting edge, for example, on free speech on campus. The First Amendment certainly gives us certain guarantees. But I was saying before the break, you know, if you're a government employee, you go home at night, you get in your footsie pajamas, and you, and you get on the Facebook, the Insta post, all those things, right? <laughs> Sounds comfortable. Exactly. And you write, you say, you know, I agree with J.K. Rollins. This is what somebody might write. Let's just assume it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. By the way, part of the reason I'm not saying it, why, why, whether it's right or wrong, right. I'm a government employee. Oh, good point. I can be fired. Oh, good point. I can be fired. So, um, uh, government employee writes on their Facebook, I agree with J.K. Rollins uh, about transgender, that th- they're free to do what they want, but don't tell me what the biology is. Don't right. tell me what is a boy or what is a girl, and here's what I think is a boy, and here's what I think is a girl, or a man, a woman, whatever word you want to use for the same notion. You know that if you're a government employee, including me, you can get fired for, for saying that at home, at night, on in your footsie pajamas, on your Facebook or Ooh, your Instagram. Interesting. On your Insta post, right? And, you know, and we talked about, you know, being Arkansas, being first. You know, right. I was a St. Louis boy. Right. And flew down to Jonesboro, Arkansas. Right. And played basketball there at, 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 nice. at ASU and just fell in love with the state. Yeah. You know, we may not be the first in in economics. We may not. We may be high tax. We may be all these things. Right. What we can do is be first in freedom. That's right. You know, we can and be. This is we, freedom. There's That's right. nothing that stops us. From, there's no cost. There's, there's no financial no cost. cost to, right. Good point. And you know, we can do that whether it's in economic freedom, right? Whether it's in educational freedom, right. whether it's in Second Amendment freedom, First Amendment freedom, Amen. Uh, seventh Amendment freedom. Amen. I don't know where you were on that. Uh, debate over the the jury trials and tort reform but we can be first in yeah. freedom yeah, yeah. for protecting people's right. rights right we can be first in in the 10th amendment when we talk about right. those powers we don't give to the to the government 
Those are mine. That's right. I own those. Exactly. And government can't take them away. There's well, nothing that they pro- shouldn't be able to take them away, right? That's well, the point. They, they can't if I let them. Hey, that's the point. Remember, Chris, right? Oh, we yeah. talk, Chris and I were talking about that very point, which is you can have all the rights in the world. They ain't nothing if you don't enforce them. That's right. And if you don't have a legislator that's lost in a battle for right. that, you need to ask your legislator, yeah, what's he what doing? in the world are they doing? What's he doing? You know, because we can be question. more free. Yeah. And we can stand strong for our freedoms. Right. And we need the listeners to go vote. You want to hear about some mission grid? Uh, I, I was talking about Bob Ballinger, and I said, you know, there's this uh, um, uh, cop. He's a cop in, well, I won't say where, um, but a, a, a big um, police department. And he's also a student at one of the universities. And he would come after work in uniform. And in uniform means with your gun. You're not allowed to wear a uniform without a gun. Uh, and he would come right from work in uniform. And they told him, well, you can't wear your gun. And he said, but I'm a cop. Yeah. And they said, yeah, but you're coming, you're off duty now, right? And he goes, yeah, but I'm still a cop. And... By the way, the law as it was written allowed him to carry the gun, but they said, well, and he brought the law in, and they said, well, we don't read it that way. So instead of getting into that bureaucratic fight, I told this story to Bob Ballinger, and the next day, he passed a bill. Well, we sat down, it was maybe a few days, and we sort of worked something out. We got some language together, right, you know, and we coordinated, and then um, uh, we, uh, he introduced that bill, and boom, passed a law. Why? Fighting for freedom. Fighting for freedom. Yeah. And that's the most important thing we can right. do right now. And again, right. the election's coming up March 3rd. March 3rd. And there are some clear um, delineations between those who are fighting for your freedom. That's right. And those that are fighting for a bigger government. That's right. And you know, we talk about this frequently, small government, big government. Right. And it's real. That's right. You know, oh, when, it's, it's when very you get, real. When you get bills passed down that make government bigger and right. generally that's because we give them more of your property oh you mean adding a guarantee 0.5 percent in the constitution to my property is that what you mean Dan? exactly yeah and you know when we start thinking about you know we would we would really put up a throw a fit if somebody come and came and said i'm going to take half of your yard right or i'm going to take your right. living room right or i'm going to uh, take your bathroom away right. from you. That's right. We would absolutely throw a fit. We of would say, that's my property. Of course. Folks, your money is your property. It's the quintessential. It. Yes, yes. And it's, it was a key discussion point when the framers wrote the things they did right. to protect your property. Right. And we need our voters to step up and start looking at legislators' voting records. You know, the question you asked is really a good one. Where'd the bill come from? Yeah, exactly. Who brought that to you? Exactly. You know, I, I hope I'll have people who are listening today who will shoot me an email and say, Dan, right. I want to talk to you. That's right. Uh, when are you going to be in Little Rock? That's and right. Let's sit down and talk. Right. Because I sit down almost every day with someone and talk about legislation. Right. Matter of fact, I was driving down the day and someone had a really good idea about some reform. And I said, look, you write, the, write it up in a paragraph. Right. I'll get with the Bureau of Legislative Research, and we'll sit down together, and we'll talk about it, because yeah. it's a really They're good gr- idea. Those BLR folks, by the way, just as an aside, uh, they are great people. They do some really great work. Yeah, they are, and, yeah. they're, and they're very faithful yeah. uh, to our Constitution That's right. and to their oath that they take that's right to protect my rights as a legislator that's right because there's a lot of good conversations that go oh, that's on right. there that's right that's Very right transparent but that's right again it's up to the it's up to the people that are listening today and again you can go to my website sullivan for arkansas uh facebook page two and just drop me a note and if you have some issues you want to talk about and if you disagree all the more let's bring sit down on. and talk bring it on one of us is wrong <laughs> 
and exactly. I, and I've been wrong, just like when I met you, yeah, Robert. Well, I, I was wrong. Well, you know, they all joked, and they say, you know, I, 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 I was wrong that time. I thought I was mistaken, and I wasn't. <laughs> now, I've been wrong plenty of times well, there, as well. There's shades of wrong. There's, there's good, and there's a little bit better. That's right. And that's there's right. things that are bad, and there are things that are worse. Right. And that's one of the best parts about our Constitution and, and our nation is that we can sit down and discuss those ideas. And then you were talking about the issues of trans- transgenders right. and that issue. You know, our Constitution is big enough to protect all of us. That's right. It's big like enough it. to and protect we, everybody. And, uh, that's ex- Amen, brother. And I want to say, I always, uh, I don't know, I try to always say when we talk about some of these, those types of social issues, that every human being in this state, in this country, deserves respect, whether or not you agree with them doesn't matter and so uh it's one thing to say uh, th- that's sort of the jk rollins position which i which i respected which she was saying look it's not for me to decide i'm a i'm an author what do i have to do right but i'm allowed to make a decision for myself as well about what i believe in and that's that tension we need to be respectful of all individuals uh, go ahead yeah you know that's god asked that of us too that's right it's another reason i believe in him that's right and i believe that he granted us those rights but with rights come responsibilities. amen and that responsibility is to love and care for everyone that's right uh, we can discuss how or, or disagree how we go about that that's right. but that's what we're commanded to do and that's what we have to do and i think I think as a legislator, it's our duty to do that, to make sure that we, you know, a lot of people don't understand that we don't take a oath to represent them. We take an oath to represent our, to stand up for our constitution. Exactly. That's what we're bound by mm-hmm. is that oath. And we want to represent you and we want to do what's right, but that's our oath. Mm-hmm. And our oath, uh, again, goes back to those, those God given rights. I know we've talked about that so much, but Folks, it's so important. There's it's, it's nothing critical. more important than that. No, it's it's absolutely critical. Um, so let's take a break, Dan, and uh, before we run into the the hard break, and then we'll come back for a few minutes, and then we'll be in our uh, last half hour. This is Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show. We are in the studio with Chris Corbett and Dan Sullivan, and we've been talking mostly with Dan about his uh, campaign against John Cooper and how Dan hopefully will be the next uh, senator from uh, a state senator, of course, from uh, Craighead uh, County. And uh, what, by the way, what is it? I always lose term, uh, lose track of the terms. It's called a district, right? Whether it's a rep or it's a, a congressional. Oh, I'm sorry, it's a it's a senate district. Senate district. Right. What is it for your rep seat? It's also called a district. Called a district, but right. for a rep district. Yes. Okay. A, a senator has about ninety thousand. Right. A house representative represents about thirty thousand. Gotcha. So, and what's the the senate district that you're running? What number is that? 21. 21. Okay. Yes. And that's, is it basically Craighead County? Uh, it's almost all of Craighead almost, County. Yeah. There's a couple of carve outs right. in, in areas, but right. it's really one of the smaller uh, districts in the state. And listen, I'm really glad to have yeah. this conversation yeah. because a lot of people don't understand what how Arkansas government right. is distributed exactly. and what it's made up of. So there are 35 senators mm-hmm. and district 21 is one of them mm-hmm. and it's part of craighead county mm-hmm. one of the larger districts in the state mm-hmm. more metropolitan area mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are a hundred house members mm-hmm. and that's divided up again among um with about thirty thousand people so my dist- my house district where i currently serve 
is a small corner of Craighead County. Right. And now And roughly a third of the senatorial district. Yes. Who are the other two uh, House folks in what hopefully will be your senatorial district when you beat sure. John Cooper? Brent Smith okay. is one. Jack Ladyman mm-hmm. is, and Dwight Tosh. Mm-hmm. All three of those men have par- parts, parts of, of my yeah. that district. And, and, you know, we've worked really closely together Great. on a lot of things and supported one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just that's incumbent upon a... A uh, house member to work with the people that are of course with you. Of course, you know you're you're promoting issues and ideas right. that promote your city and your That's county. Right. That's right. So it's real important. And we've had a, a great group. That group has been very conservative in their votes, mm-hmm. and uh, all, we all went in at the same time, and we've all voted very close on very many things. Mm-hmm. But we work together and talk through those issues. That's great. All Republicans, and that'll be well. It'll be incumbent upon. Uh, our senator to do that, and right. that's not been the case. Right now, have, have the four of you had much communication previously with John Cooper over over the years? Uh, not much. Not much. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I don't, I don't that's think, a problem. I don't think any of us sponsored any legislation with John this wow. time. John got upset with our Republican Party recently, and uh, you know, as several Republican committees, not the Republican Party, our committee, yeah, yeah, our committee wrote up a uh, a draft resolution that. We, this is what we stand for. Right. We stand for the platform. Here's the right. platform. And John got sure. upset in a meeting and um, did not want that to be voted on and passed, a resolution asking us to to stand by our Republican platform. Well, of course he doesn't want to because and, he doesn't stand by it. Well, he doesn't six, stand it, by Republican values, conservative well, it took, values. It took a two-thirds vote to pass that. Is that right? And two-thirds of the people voted on it. And John compared that resolution, non-binding, you don't sign it. You right. don't take a pledge. Right. You just get a sort of a letter handed to you. Right. John compared that letter and our Republican committee to the Politburo, <laughs> and you know, that so that's the relationship that is currently in place. That's dysfunctional. Yes, it yeah. is, and yeah. uh, you know we it's we need to work together. And although I don't agree with everything our local city council does. Sure. Uh, I do visit with them. Sure. I do talk to our mayor. Right. And Good matter of fact, we openly and politely disagree on sure. several things. Sure. But that's critical to our our form of government. Uh, that's and, called a conversation. Yes. You know, that's yeah. when you disagree on something, you have a conversation. It's yeah. not. This is not talk about Politburo. These are not diktats from the Politburo. Uh, I related. I think you were already here earlier. How my father lived in the Soviet Union. Yeah, uh, yeah that's Politburo. I know Politburo. Yeah. That ain't no Politburo. When the Republican Party simply says this is our platform, and we would like people who are calling themselves Republicans to act consistent with it. Yeah, and if you're going to support our president, stand up and say it. That's right. You know, that I, I support our president right. and lower taxes. Right. I support our president and fighting against red flag laws. I support our president and, you know, and the other issues that are pertinent to the citizens of Arkansas. And if you disagree with them, and I do on some issues, of course. then we just disagree. Of course. But let's be... Let's be open and honest That's where right. we stand and what we do. That's right. You know, one of my pet peeves is when people are not open and honest. And you brought this up earlier when we had our initial introduction, which is uh, the point of having a, a conversation where you disagree with somebody is that both parties can walk away more informed. But if it's only you're talking behind someone's back, 
then nobody learns from that, and there's no improvement. That's just that's kind of bitter and sniveling, and it's disingenuous. Uh, that's sheep in, uh, in uh, or wolf in sheep's clothing behavior. So that's just not that's not good behavior, and it's, it's not good government. It's not good government to at the, all. To the to the um, politician side, the politics side, right. to the people side, exactly. And the people just again they. The, all the polling, I think, if, even if you do it nationally, says, I just want my legislator to be who he says he that's is. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought, Dan. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, uh, we've we've seen something rather unusual uh, right now, and that is Chris Corbett being somewhat quiet. Um, <laughs> and so we're going to come back to Chris Corbett on the flip side. Chris has not decided whether he's going to run for office. I want him to run for office. So we're going to ask him some policy questions as an, merely as a citizen. But hopefully those policy perspectives one day in the near future will be part of Chris Corbett's platform if we can twist that arm. That's a, that's a strong arm, though, so I'm going to need some help from people like Dan. So So with that, we'll take a break now. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck in the studio. We have Chris Corbett and Dan Sullivan on the line. Zach, please bring them in. We have my good friend, Brett Tolman. Brett, welcome to the show. I'm going to do something that you're unaccustomed to, which is tell you not to talk for a minute other than say hello. Can, Can you handle that for me, Brett? Hello, Rob. There you go. <laughs> well played. Well played. Brett, we're, uh, ladies and gentlemen of Dave's audience, we have Brett Tolman. You have seen Brett on Fox News repeatedly talking about, right now, the whole impeachment process. Brett was the United States attorney for the entire state of Utah. Uh, he was a um, senior counsel uh, for um, uh, uh, Orrin Hatch, the longtime senator uh, out there. Um, and now he's in private practice uh and he's handled a bunch of important cases and he is of course as i just mentioned a fox news commentator of one form or another i don't know exactly what the uh, compensation scheme is but we will come to you in one moment brett i just want to talk briefly to chris because chris uh, corbett who is in the studio is is my lawyer is a good friend of mine and i am working on him uh like like a um uh, like a, like a trout on a three pound line, and I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. Uh, but I love I'm, that analogy. Yeah, like that. Guess who taught me two to, pound green line? Two pound green line. There you go. Guess who taught me to trout fish? By the way, um, uh, to convince Chris, and I think we're I think we're getting there to run for public office. I want him to run for a state senate uh, for what will be the open seat uh, when Jason Rapert uh, runs for lieutenant governor. Uh, so, Chris, briefly. I want your personal opinion. Lay it on, on me. Give me something yeah. hard. Uh, first one, taxes. Taxes, we got to eliminate taxes. Well, if, if I run right. for state senate, yes, sir. I would like to shoot for the moon, yes. eliminate state tax, state income tax. There you go. Can it be done? Can we do it? I don't know. Shoot for, let's shoot for the moon. Good for let's you. Let's try it. Let's eliminate the hamburger tax. Yes. What, what is this 2% we've got to pay to eat a hamburger, right? Exactly. Uh, and and it, we hand it to the government to promote the state, yeah. to do advertising, what, what private businesses need to be doing. Exactly. So that's my taxes on Excellent. My taxes. And guns. guns. Second Amendment. Second Amendment. We, we've got to be very careful when we start limiting gun rights, right? The Second Amendment says you have the right to bear arms. Like you said, that, that's, not, that's not these arms. If I take my shirt off, these arms, right? And, and what's an assault weapon, right? right? Is that a stick? Right. What is an assault weapon? Yeah. Come on, yeah. lay it on me. What, yeah. Yeah. Is well, it, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. You so, know, we're, we're, we're going to go to Brett right now because Brett – 
uh, was Brett. You were uh, when we worked in the Senate together. That was when the renewal of the so-called assault weapon ban came up. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. And so, we were also dealing with the um, D.C. snipers, and they wanted to authorize the ability to sue gun manufacturers over the D.C. snipers. That's right. That's right. Wow. And uh, Brett, you're a bright guy. Tell me what an assault weapon is. Uh, is a moon made out of cheese tell me what an assault weapon is i i own um a lot of firearms i own an ar-15 right and my children have a great understanding of what it means to have the second amendment and they're very responsible but i i get tired of trying to explain to folks the difference between you know Senator Feinstein and and her understanding of an assault weapon versus exactly. the rest of the of the country. Exactly, it's make believe. It's make. It's a fully semi-automatic weapon. <laughs> there you go. Fully, fully semi-automatic weapon. Right. There you go. Uh, you, you will cause every one of my children to to look perplexed when you say that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But the Democrats say that with a straight face because yeah. they have no idea what they're talking about. You know, it's like it's like going into the to CVS and asking the, the clerk, I'm not talking about the pharmacist, asking the clerk about your diverticulitis. Good luck! Good luck! That ain't going to cut no mustard right there. You just had to go diverticulitis. I had to go diverticulitis. <laughs> he, had, really, he had to go of there. All the ones, I got to pick that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was in. I was. I was literally in a CVS once, and uh, I was. Where, I was taking care of my mother, as as everyone here knows, and and most of Dave's audience know. I took care of my mother for the last two years of her life as she was ailing. And um, so I started wearing scrubs because you know why they wear scrubs in hospitals? Because they're easy. You put them on, you throw them in the wash, you put, right? So I'm wearing scrubs and I ran down to the CVS or the equivalent, I don't recall which one, to pick something up for my mom. And there was a woman buying certain products and she came to me for advice. <laughs> so I, I had to make clear. I said, look, let me be clear. I'm not a medical professional. Now let me answer your question, by the way. <laughs> That's not going to stop me from answering a question. You looked the part, though. Oh, I looked the part. Hey. I, I, I play a lawyer every day. Some of these legislators look like Republicans. Exactly. Exactly. John Cooper looks like a Republican until you, until you look at his voting record. <laughs> Brett, before we get into impeachment, when are you running for Utah governor? <laughs> I don't want to hear no <laughs> hemming and hawing. When are you running like, for governor? Like I told you, my... Uh, uh, my wife said, I said, hey, what do you think about me running for office? And right. she said, no, I don't want to behave. <laughs> I don't want to behave. There you go. There you go. Well, listen, listen, she can she can run on the kind of Trump model, you know, a little less well behaved is, you know, might get you some votes as well. We might have a future then. That's we right. Can do it. That's right. You told me that John Huntsman was running uh, last time we spoke. And uh, I think you said that for the purposes uh, purpose of dissuading me, it didn't work. I'm still that didn't it didn't change my mind. By the way, I actually like John Huntsman well enough. Not as much as I like Brett Tolman for governor. Well, you know what? I'm getting a few more gray hairs. I might be looking the part enough now that I, I can run in the future. Well, few you know, I, 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 that one I'm not buying. You know, uh, Chris, you you haven't met my buddy uh, Brett, uh, right. but Brett he's got a, a a painting in his closet that's aging because he ain't. 
<laughs> yeah, you go on. Some clean living? Oh, What's he doing well, out there? he does have that good, clean Mormon living, but nice. I, I think there's also a pack with the devil going on right there, okay? Because this guy's getting younger looking. He grew a beard to look older. You know what he looks like? A 14-year-old with a beard, all right? This guy never ages. I like it. It's unbelievable. I'm all gray, and he's he's as young as he's always looked. He's I'm on his Insta post Facebook page, right. and he's got pictures of his grandchildren. Grandchildren, <laughs> grandchildren. What's up with that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Wait, you know he's the only guy that figured out when you know he, he went to the adoption agency. He goes, "I'd like to adopt a kid as a grandchild." <laughs> They're like, "But where's the?" No, no. I just want uh, this way. I can have grandchildren and be twenty five years old, right? Okay, let's get down to some law stuff here, my friend. What the heck is going on with this impeachment nonsense? Well, you know, even today we hear that uh, Nancy Pelosi still indicating she's going to delay sending it over. But wait um, a second. We also hear- I thought the sky was falling. I thought, I thought what Trump did was so terrible, they needed to impeach him. Well, we can't wait to go through the court system to get those witnesses in here. we got to impeach him now. And we can't bother yeah. charging him with actual crimes, even though we kept using the term bribery, which is an actual crime, up until the time that we impeached him and we decided to impeach him on a bunch of hot air and uh, daisy uh, uh, flakes. Uh, but now we got to wait. What's up with that? Well, you think about Ken Starr. His investigation took almost 1,500 days. Mm-hmm. And and were the articles of impeachment included perjury. Before that, Nixon was obstruction of justice. They included cr- actual crimes in the articles of impeachment. Here, we have two articles of impeachment after 75 days of investigation, and not a single witness had firsthand knowledge of anything the president said or did that constitutes a crime. I mean, I, I don't care if you like or dislike Donald Trump, but you better not like an impeachment process that's being wielded like it is in this instance. Uh, it's it's offensive to our structure of government, and, and it's so far – very few people are seeing it that way. Well, but Brett, you were a federal prosecutor both as a, an assistant United States attorney and then as the head – uh, of the whole state, uh, the United States attorney for uh, Utah, uh, didn't you basically go into court and say, look, I'm the prosecutor, so the guy's guilty, and, you know, I'll put on a little bit of evidence maybe, and that should be enough. Isn't that how you run a, a criminal trial? Didn't you Didn't you get trained in, in the Soviet can you, Union? Can you imagine appearing in front of a grand jury and indicating, look, what I've got for you is some really bad behavior, I, I, I there are a, a lot of witnesses I'm going to bring in front of you and they're going to they're going to tell you that they really don't like this guy and they don't like what he's done. Um, now, I'm not going to give you a specific crime that we think he's committed, but I'm going to give you everything else. And when you're done, please return an indictment. And and all those witnesses that I bring in, none of them were there, by the way. None of them were there. <laughs> Yeah, it might be your mother-in-law. It might be the guy that works at the Shell station. But they'll tell you some story that they heard about what happened. And, and Rob, even worse than that, I want you to ignore the fact that the object of the, the, the alleged criminal behavior has indicated that he felt no pressure, was not, not operating under any assumption that any aid was being withheld for conduct on his part. And in the end, he got the money, and I wasn't required to do anything, not to mention other individuals 
that will testify that the president made it clear he did not want anything in return for that aid. Now, oh, I so, don't know about wait, you, wait, but that's what we call exculpatory evidence. Wait, that's wait. evidence that there was not a crime. So, Brett, if he said, I don't want any quid pro quo, that's not evidence that he actually wants quid pro quo? Is that how that works? I get so confused. Right. You mean when he said, I don't want this thing, then the Democrats say that means he did want that thing? Look, he might say, I don't want this thing, and you may have some other evidence that he did want that thing. But according to the Democrats, his denial is proof of the affirmation. Oh, gosh. Well, well, that's a good point. And, yeah. But it's not inconsistent, Rob. They're, at least they're being consistent right. because it was such an urgency that we had to impeach him within you know 80 days. But now we'll just sit and wait. That's right. Because it's not that important. Well, my, my favorite part is when when um, uh, the majority leader, well, what's his name, the majority leader, remind me? Mitch Connell. Yeah, Mitch Connell, right, uh, says, uh, I'm not sure what leverage Nancy Pelosi thinks she has by not giving me the thing I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Rob, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. That might be one of the best lines of 2000. It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it's fantastic. absolutely brilliant. I, I thought it was a control mechanism. If right. I hand this off, right. I lose control. Right. I think you're right about that. But I like but, the way you put it. But that's what Mitch McConnell says. That yeah. wasn't me. Mitch yeah. McConnell says, uh, okay, don't give it to me. Great. <laughs> I remember one time, I won't go into the details because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I was... I was dealing with an issue at one of my jobs, previous or current job, and someone said, well, we need to do something and we need um, to change a classification of something. I'm intentionally vague and I apologize for that, but we need to change a classification. And do you agree that this classification uh, changed? Uh, Here's the standard. And so I read the standard and I say, yeah, I, I think it does. And then that person forwards this on to other people to change this classification. And someone else writes back and includes me on the email. I don't know why Rob thinks he can change that classification just by saying that he believes it satisfies the rule. He needs to do more work on that. So I wrote back and I said, I ain't doing any work on anything. That's not my issue. Somebody asked me a question. I answered yes. Have a nice day with your changing the classification issue. And then everybody's backpedaling like, wait, wait, we didn't mean to get you, you know, uh, uh, upset or involved in this. We were just asking your opinion. I said, I know. And I'm out. I'm out, baby. And that's what Mitch McConnell's like. Listen, knock yourself out. You keep it as long as you want. I got plenty of other things to do. I like it. Hey, well, but, in fact, and we yeah, heard today, Rob, we hear that they're discussing the fact that there really may be more articles of impeachment. They're going to read. Oh, you know, no. They're going to dig. Yes, we hear they're going to dig into the Mueller investigation again because they think there may be a few uh, issues there that they can bring as additional articles of impeachment. You know, I never knew that the liberals, when it came to articles, were of impeachment were like the liberals when it came to interpreting the Constitution. They keep mining for new things. When they read the Constitution, they keep mining the the 200-year-old Constitution, and they discover these new rights that nobody knew existed up into, oh, here's a new right. You have a right to wear purple pants. It's constitutional. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that was in there, but okay, fine. It's a loser case. Right. As a prosecutor, don't they have the prerogative to bring the case in the Senate? Who's the prosecutor that's going to bring this weak no, I get it. You know, you know what? Hold the line, Brett. We're going to take our last break, and then we'll come back and we'll finish up with those questions right now. Okay. 
This is the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Robert Steinbeck filling in for Dave. I've got in the studio Chris Corbett and Dan Sullivan. And on the phone, Brett Tolman, uh, my good friend, former uh, United States Attorney for the state of Utah. Uh, Brett, uh, tell me now this breaking news that apparently uh, Nancy Pelosi is going to be mining for more claims uh, for her um, impeachment. That's right. You know, they have indicated we've heard now uh, several sources uh, indicating that the House Democrats have said they think there are other, uh, you know, articles of impeachment that can be brought. They're going to go back into the Mueller report and try to look into potential articles of impeachment. What this screams to me is, you know, desperation, desperation. We like, like, yeah, desperation. (laughs) We like saying impeachment a lot, and we're really not happy with what we came up with the first round. So let's do it again. Yeah, it's a do-over. Don't you know you get a do-over? It's like it's like (laughs) t-ball. And and by the way, hey, hey, Democrats, how'd you do on that uh, Mueller report the first time? You brought him in. That was a real success. Oh my gosh, that was some riveting television, but in all the wrong ways. Let me tell you. That was that was not good for you, but you want to resurrect that? Guess who's going to be a witness? Mueller! You want witnesses? We're going to bring in Mueller? We're going to bring in uh, um, Crack Biden? What's, what's Crack's first name? <laughs> Crack Biden. Hunter. Hunter. Well, Rob, you're exactly right. If you didn't have a, if Bob Mueller didn't have enough to right. bring, you know, something more persuasive and, and, and more damaging to the president during a, you know, a two and a half year Thirty million dollar investigation. What is Nancy Pelosi and and Adam Schiff and Representative Nadler looking again at the Mueller report going to do? You know, I think they're following the old maxim that when you're in a hole, keep digging. Wait, that ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> we, we better look into that. We're going to find something soon. We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're looking for rights. Until I realize what you said. Exactly. They're, they're busy digging for more indictments, and they keep digging in that hole. That's not going to be good for them. That's amazing. That is absolutely. Well, it reminds me that what my father used to say, and... He said, look, son, you can put whipped cream on horse manure, but in the end, it's still horse manure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've had a few of those dishes. Ooh, oh, they ain't right. That sounds bad. That ain't right. Uh, um, that you know what that that that's what that's a government steak. You yeah. heard of government cheese? That's right. government steak. Well, that's what they're handing to the prosecutor to take to convict that's right. Trump. That's right. They're going to put some whipped cream on it. Yeah. Take it into the Senate and try to convict him. There you go. There you go. Nancy Pelosi <laughs> hasn't named the the essentially the prosecutors. What are they called, Brett? The the folks that go to the the Senate. Do you know? You know that they're essentially the the prosecutors from the House. She hasn't named them because they're all running and hiding. <laughs> The, the, the impeachment managers. Impeachment right? managers. Oh, yep. manager. One of the guys who's actually pitching for, for the position is the guy, uh, the congressman from California who ran for president. He looks a bit like the Ken doll. I don't actually mean that in, as an insult. He's kind of like a pretty boy looking guy. Who am right. I talking about, Brett? You know what I'm talking know. about? He ran for president. He dropped out. Um, Andrew <laughs> Bank? No, no, no. Uh, um, uh, Rourke? No, not O'Rourke, although that's a good guess. He's from O'Rourke's from Texas, the guy from California. Um, so this guy is, he's on Fox News all the time. And the only thing that he doesn't realize is that he, it's ironic. Like he's on Fox <laughs> News. Everybody else thinks he's ironic. And he's there. Oh, let me tell you that. No, no. You know, he's got like the, the bleachy, slightly bleached blonde hair. 
Well, Zach, look him up on uh, uh, who ran for president and already dropped out of the race. These guys are dropping like flies is the problem. It's hard to... It, it's not It's not Marianne Williamson, I'll tell you that. But he's only one step above on the crazy scale from Marianne Williamson. So, uh, um, hey, if Brett, if they were to call you to be uh, one of the prosecutors, are you going to fly out and do it? <laughs> you know... Uh, I've indicated already I'd love to defend on this case. Can you I'm imagine in. how I'm what in. it's like to defend on a case you don't have actual criminal charges? I am so in on that. I will fly into Washington <laughs> on my own dime and help defend the president in the, in the Senate uh, trial if they right. have it. Now, nobody's asking me yet, but I'm in, baby. <laughs> we'll do it. I'm, I'm trying. Oh, that'll be wonderful. That'll be wonderful. Uh, so... What what do you foresee happening now? What's the next step? Well, you know, I, I really do think that they're a bit puzzled as to what, are the, what do we do? Do we send it over knowing that Mitch McConnell controls the Senate? Right. I think they think uh, the best play is to pause. Um, let's see if we can get, you know, some value out of the fact that we successfully impeached the president in the House. And, and they're worried about November. They're really worried about the election and how this is played because they've seen a drastic dip in the polling. Um, Americans are getting tired of it. And so it's now shifted to 53, 54 percent saying, let's move on. And once that happens, they have to be panicked. You know, Brett, it looks to me it's sort of and I'm no expert on the sweet science of boxing, but it seems like they're in the 12th round of a fight. They're down three rounds and their theory is walk out hands down and take some more punches. Um, (laughs) That might not be the best approach, if you ask me. Now, none of the Democrats are calling me up for political advice, but uh, they also didn't call me for political advice when they got creamed in the last election. And I was I was not only on board with Trump. uh, I had I was not at the front edge of the curve on predicting Trump's uh, election. But by the time it came around to Election Day or shortly before, I said he had a good chance. And sure enough, he did win. I was not alone in that. But that's the thing. These folks don't seem to be really grasping the politics. You're right. And Rob, I'll tell you, the best thing they could have done was ride that momentum, push it over to the Senate. And they had all day long. They can talk about how the Republicans, you know, didn't take it seriously. But instead, they pushed pause, they pulled back, and everyone now has to wonder, was it really all just about politics? And even Democrats. I have a member of Congress right now who's a Democrat, a friend of mine. Um, he he voted for impeachment, but he was torn, and he he informed me over text message. He is mortified yeah. that they're holding it up now. Exactly, they're sending it over. He said we look ridiculous, and and that was coming from a Democrat representative. Well, think about Congress. it this way, Brett, and we're on the last uh, twenty seconds or so of the show. Think about it this way. It's sort of like, it's an old saying, I didn't invent it. It's sort of like when the clock rings 12 o'clock noon, you're like, great. And then the clock rings 13. And that pause undermines everything else. Brett, it's always a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. I look forward to talking with you again when you run for governor of Utah. Thank you all. Thanks, Rob. Thank you both. Mm -hmm. Take care. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.